And welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. This is Gary. And this is Adam. And welcome to episode 211. Yes. Have you ever thought what it's like to be wanderers in the fourth dimension? Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. There's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes. The trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. Great men are forged in fire. It is the privilege of lesser men to light the flame. I'm the doctor. This is Rose Tyler. She's my plus one. Is that all right? That would be me. Hello. Surprise. Boom. Etc. I'm the doctor. Do everything I tell you. Don't ask stupid questions. And don't wander off. How can you kidneys? I don't like the colour. Howdy, howdy, do who fans? Hope you've all had a cracking week. Uh, that you've managed to do something, <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Who related. <laughs> Welcome to episode two one one. Waving to new listeners, new subs. Hope you're all very well. Keep it well. Our long timers, grizzled ancients. How do you do? <laughs> Got a few bits of merch. Yes. A few bits of news. These items to go through, and then it's on to. Yes, it's up on to the witch finders. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I say, shall we review the witch finders? Yes. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> oh, crikey. Oh, brilliant. You should have auditioned. I still have no idea what you think to this. Well, as usual, there was that one no, week where we had a little no. bit of a what the heck's going on moment. But as usual, we're sort of in silence, if you like. Yeah, I've been good. Yeah, there was one Yeah, there was one week, wasn't there, where we slipped and let our thoughts be known on social media of all places. Yeah. Um, and uh, since then, we've been pretty good. I haven't got a clear what you think of this week's either, mm. uh, to be fair. Yeah. Yes. Which makes it more exciting, actually. <laughs> It does, yeah. Because yeah. I like seeing your. Because uh, for uh, any of our listeners that are not sure, Adam and I record our podcast via Skype, and mm. I can see his little gorgeous <laughs> little face looking back at me, mm. little cheeky smile. <laughs> so when he's when I ask him what did he think of it, it's a, uh, it's it's quite it's quite a moment. Yeah, it's a very special moment. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's a good it's a good point in the show. Mm. You've been up to any, anything, dude? Anything Doctor Who related? Um, I have managed to watch a classic actually this week because um, oh, oh. my partner's away at the minute, so I've got the TV to myself, oh, lovely. all to myself. Lovely. It's been oh, it's been Blake Seven and <laughs> Buck Rogers and <laughs> um, <laughs> Quatermass in the Pit. Oh, I saw your. And, uh, um, did you pick yeah, up a new been, uh, Quatermass thing? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I've I've never seen it. I've right. you know Quatermass is one of these series that. Seems to get mentioned all the time. It comes up in conversations. I'm always seeing it online about this, you know, this cult mm-hmm. classic. And I thought, you know, I was, how have I never seen this? I mean, I've seen the Hammer film years ago. They did like a movie of it. Um, but I couldn't really remember much about that. So, yeah, I bought the series because BBC have just 
reissued it uh, on Blu-ray or, or mm. released it on Blu-ray for the first time. And um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's really good, actually. It's that classic black and white. Um, just It's just got that feel about it that I just don't know. You just can't capture nowadays. And I really enjoyed it. sci-fi, is it? Yeah, and I was, uh, no, is it sci-fi? It is, isn't it? Well, it is sci-fi, yeah. Yeah, yeah I class it as sci-fi. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's it's crazy because I was reading, it comes with a little booklet, and uh, I was reading about, and I can't quite get my head around this, because some of it's on film location, mm-hmm. and then a lot of the rest of it's obviously studio, but apparently they, it was trans, I think I'm right in saying this, because as I said, I still haven't got my head around it, so f- forgive me, listeners of Quatermass, if this is wrong, but the way I understand it is they sort of it went out live and all the studio bits were acted out live but then in between they inserted these studio bits and i'll tell you when you watch it it's so technical i can't get my head around how they did it so well if you know what i mean because you'd think that if someone's playing in a video clip and then they go right studio a go you know that there's no sort of awkward pauses where the actors are waiting to sort of like action, uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. just so smooth. And I, I don't know if I've got that wrong or what, but that's how it sounds, you know, written in the booklet. It just the technicalities of making television back then uh, just astound me how they managed to come up with such quality like this. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. But, uh, but this is the, because this is the thing, I didn't even know there was two before this. So this is quite a mass in the pit. And there's two quite a mass before this, which I didn't even know about. I've only ever sort of, known about this thing called Quatermass. So, yeah, it was good. I've, I've watched the whole six episodes now, and um, I'm going to go back and watch them all again because uh, Toby Haydoke's done com- commentaries on all of them. And, of course, he's you know he's done a lot of .2 commentaries, and he's really good, Toby. So I'm quite looking forward to doing that. And I, he'll probably he'll probably explain better how they filmed it all and stuff because, as I said, I, I just can't work out how they did it if it was going out live. It was, yeah. I think it was... Wasn't it the BBC's first live sort of drama broadcast as well. I'm I think, not sure. I think so. If I, Yeah, I'm not really into it too much, but I remember speaking with somebody, I think it was at a convention actually, mm. somebody who was really into it did say that I think the BBC had done quite a few live things up to yeah. that point, but no, I think this was the first sort of drama show mm. that, was, that went out live. And like you said, they interspersed it with the little pre-recorded bits, but sounds pretty good though. It is good. And I mean, yeah. it is slow. It's, you know, when we talk about, sometimes we talk about today's television, you know, oh, the pacing was a bit slow and stuff. It is very slow, but it, it somehow it works. I don't know. I can't put my finger on why. Like, you know, the whole first episode really is just them finding this thing. And it, it it's just, I don't know, it's a different style somehow. Like, I didn't find myself getting mm. bored. But yeah, if it was made today, I'd be sat there thinking... Come on, nothing's happening. It's it's. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's bizarre. It's that charm, but, though, isn't it? Because mm. classic Doctor Who has a similar thing where, yeah, uh, you know, some of it is slow and some of it's um, not designed to be binge watched, and it has the low budget stuff. But it's just that charm, isn't it, that comes with it that makes it, it that must be, yeah that thing that has a yeah. thing, yeah. Um, so I watched that and also I did manage to uh, get a Doctor Who in uh, this week as well so we're recording this on the Wednesday I've still got a few more nights to have the TV to myself so there could be more classic coming this week but, uh, I watched uh, Legopolis uh, the other night uh, I haven't watched that in a while mm-hmm. I'd, I've no idea what made me choose it I was just I thought right I've, you know I'm in the mood for a classic who's it going to be and I just went for Legopolis and um that's about as much as I can say because we haven't reviewed it, so I don't say any more. But uh, yeah, I, I, one day we'll get round to Legopolis and um, 
especially with some news we've got coming up in the merch in a minute. I think mm-hmm. it's quite relevant. But but uh, so yeah, it's good to get a bit of classic who on. Um, I will say this though, fantastic uh, ex- uh, documentary on Legopolis. Oh, it is. Yeah. Ah, oh, yep. Tom is so honest and fierce. He's so fierce <laughs> in it. It's incredible. And they've got studio footage of the actual regeneration when the you know yeah. when tom's lying there and then he has to get up mm-hmm. and peter comes and sits down and then there's the guy playing the watcher has to do his bit and it's oh it's fascinating, fascinating yeah. to watch um to watch all that and i'm just amazing they've actually still got that behind the scenes <laughs> stuff so um yeah it's been a good week really uh any other things uh that i've done uh my harrop canine turned up oh i saw um, this week he's a little yeah. cracker mm. he is fantastic i was getting a bit worried because it's been a while mm. since he was um released and stuff so yeah i've been filming a little review of him he's really good and um oh and also i managed to get the 13th doctor funko pop which we've been on about for quite some time oh, we? yeah. but it's the one without the coat without the coat. that's the only yeah. one we can get she's quite nice i was quite pleased to get it to be honest with you it's um it's been a bit of a faff, hasn't it, trying to get this blimmin' Funko Pop. Uh, I, I wanted the one with the coat. I think most people did. I can't get my head around why the one with the coat is the exclusive, and this is the sort of standard release. I just don't get it at all. It should be the other way around, but she is quite nice. Yeah. I'm pleased to get it. I don't know if you're going to get one. I think you wanted the coat one as well, didn't you? No, I'm not. I've, I've stopped Funkos now, mate. Oh, you stopped Funko? Yeah. You've, you've, oh, I nearly swore that you've <laughs> effed Funko. Yeah, I've just... Um... <laughs> You know what? It, I, I, yeah, very briefly. I I loved Funkos when they first came out years ago. They were quite mm. exclusive and stuff. But now, in my mind, I've got this vision that in like fifty years' time, we're going to see like a tidal wave of Funkos in the ocean, just a huge <laughs> tsunami. Because you know, oh, you know, we're just wrecking the oceans with plastic. Yeah, I've just got this vision of just like a billion Funko pops that have been, you know. It's funny you say that. Yeah, I I was in H&V recently uh, in London and down in the basement, what used to be all the DVDs and Blu-rays is now the section has shrunk (laughs) quite considerably and it's just wall-to-wall Funko Pops. And I was like, oh my God. And I was having this similar sort of, uh, similar thought really. I was just thinking, God, one day it's just, I literally had visions of them all just piling up yeah, around me and yeah. drowning me. I was just thinking one day they're just, there's so many of them yeah. around the world. They are literally going to just take over one day, aren't they? I wonder what they're made of. I know they're like a vinyl plasticky, mm. but I'd, I'd be interested to see what them, and if they can be, because I'm not suggesting that people are going to start throwing their Funkos away. Of course not, but they must make so many of them. There's million like hundreds of millions of them you know so anyway I, I just find that they're just not exclusive enough anymore and everyone's got them and they're mm. you know you can walk into any shop you walk into bloody news agent now and see them yeah it's true you know, yeah. So they I'd, are literally yeah, everywhere but they've lost they're, their appeal for me yeah. they're a bit like the black cubes in uh the power of three aren't they they've <laughs> just they're just gonna be like everywhere they're, they're everywhere. gonna be there's yeah. going to be in in the bins in the streets yes. uh, when i was in brussels recently i went into this little um a sort of sci-fi toy shop which looks really cool from the window i was like oh i've got a pop in here and when i went inside it was literally 95 percent funkos and it was like a tardis and i swear i'm not exaggerating it just went on and on forever this shop it had such a tiny little front mm-hmm. and i walked in and it was just yeah i just couldn't get over how many funko pops had been crammed in that shop it was incredible it's crazy mm. yeah. yeah it was the same with the last time i was in cardiff 
they ha- they haven't got a forbiddenplanet.com store, but they've got the other one, you know, at the international. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. And uh, I thought I hadn't been in here in ages. Let's let's rock this place. And uh, yeah, it was just Funko Pops everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. And I thought, come it's, on, come on. The Funko nightmare. Some of them yeah. sell for so much money as well. I know my friend um, bought the 13th Doctor Pop with the jacket um, and he got it for £100. And I was like, right. you paid £100? He's like, yeah, yeah, but you know, I, I was like, well, <laughs> I said, I really want it, but I, don't know, I wouldn't pay that. But you know what? We laugh, but... Actually, I've read just this morning that they have um, somebody emailed Funko and they got an email back saying, "No, that has been vaulted. That the jacket version that is not going to be coming out." Oh, now, right. you know, I can. I, I don't know if this is true. This is just something I read this morning. But so that's what they said. They said, "No, I emailed Funko saying, you know, what's happening with the thirteenth Doctor Pop?" And they're like, "No, we're only the jacketless version." So it ain't looking likely. In which case, my friend who did pay hundred pounds probably. Got himself a nice little gem there, albeit an expensive gem. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, crazy, crazy money. The Funko nightmare. Yes. The the pop. The Funko nightmare. Pop. I'm trying. <laughs> Domin- well, domination continues. Yeah, yeah. The pop domination. Indeed. Yeah. Wow. What have you been up to? You been, you got any classic who in? Uh, no, mate. I haven't got any. Um, didn't do any classic who this past week. Um. Who? No, the only thing I've I watched, um, I, I had a quick look at watch the channel watch. Um, oh yeah, on the on the Sunday morning because they normally have this little mini marathon going on, and I I turned it on just as the Doctor's wife was starting. Oh right, yeah, I yeah. haven't seen that one in in ages, and I thought, yeah, I'll give this a watch, and it's um, yeah, it's a bloody good story that. Yeah, yeah, it is good, isn't it? It's not. I never. I remember when we reviewed it because I remember it was regarded as an absolute classic at the time. And a lot of people love it, don't they? Yeah. Uh, I like it. I don't think it's as good as people say, but it is a good story. I'd certainly, you know, happily watch it any time. I think it's one of those. Yeah. Um, funny enough, my, my other half put on um, was flicking through something on this um, uh, tablet the other day, like iPlayer or something, and um, he started watching the Hungry Earth. You know the. Um, Silurian two-parter with Matt Smith. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hungry Earth and can't remember what it's called. But that one. And um, I haven't watched that since it transmitted, you know. I've, I've only ever watched that two-parter once. And um, I must admit, I was doing other things, so I didn't sort of sit and watch it. But he was really engrossed in it. And he was saying, oh, this is this is better. Why isn't it, you know, this is, this is, this is a better style of mm-hmm. Doctor Who. Because he's, he's kind of lost... He's kind of fallen out of love with the new series a bit. He was really into it at the start, but he's he's kind of I wouldn't say he's given up with series eleven, but <laughs> it's not grabbing him. But he, yeah, it was really strange because I never I've never gone back to that two parter. And uh, but just seeing him getting engrossed in it made me think actually I really ought to give that another another watch. You know, uh, we well we haven't reviewed it, have we? So when we get round to reviewing that one, I'll um I'll be quite interested to see what I make of it. Cause it just, I remember just feeling bored. I remember it was good, but it didn't do much for me and I've never gone back to it. Mm. And that was a Chibbers episode, yeah. wasn't it? It was. Yeah. 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 The Chibbers. So I kind of had that in the background, but I didn't, I didn't watch it, but I will do at some point, probably when we review it. What did we give the doctor's wife then? I can't remember. I don't think we rated it mega high, but I think it was an average. I'd probably put it at an eight, something like that. Seven or eight. Yeah, I think so. But no, I just really like, I think it came, I think I just needed some other who as well. Mm. It was really nice to have a bit of, because Matt Smith is on fire 
in yeah. that story. You know, the story as a whole, the Neil Gaiman thing, I think the expectations were quite high because mm. he's obviously a very, very good fantasy and sci-fi writer and yeah, and all that. And I just think maybe just the scope of the story is a little bit larger than what they can fit into a TV show. Mm. Um, but all of that stuff aside, Matt Smith's just, he's crazy good. I, I I must admit, I, I absolutely love Matt as a doctor. I've, I've said it before, I'll say it again, I love him. Um, I suppose I feel a bit like, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel a bit like um, some fans feel about Jodie. I feel quite defensive when people, you know, say he's not very good. And I think a lot of Tenant fans sort of didn't warn to him because they love Tenant and stuff. And so I, I kind of sometimes when people are being defensive about the 30th Doctor, I put myself in their place because I'm a bit like that with Matt. Right. I think he was a great Doctor, mm-hmm. you know, really good. So not always served the best stories, sadly, but, you know, he, he was great. He was brilliant. Yeah. 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 Uh, the Doctor's Wife, we gave it seven each. Seven each? Yeah. Oh dear, I must have been in a bad mood Pretty that reasonable. week. <laughs> That's yeah, not I don't, well, I don't know. I remember, I do like it. I do like it. I just don't think it's the, you know, massive classic that some people regard it, but it is good, yeah. Indeed. Hmm. Uh, not been up to much for me. Uh, I think the, um, just very quickly, I think the 55th anniversary sort of whizzed by without much of a fanfare. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that. Because we celebrated, obviously... 55 years of who. Um, and it's kind of that weird in betweeny one, isn't it? It's not 50, it's not 60, it's that in betweeny kind. So I guess it's not going to be any street parties or anything like that. But, mm-hmm. um, but it's a cool little, another my, my milestone, sorry. It's good to see that who is still still going. Yeah, I think 55, yeah, I know it's a funny in between number, but I still think it should have had a little bit more. Like, did the BBC even put a tweet out or anything? Because oh, I didn't see one if they did. Maybe. I'm sure I, they I must, must have, have missed done, it but, if they did. Yeah, I guess yeah. I must have missed it, yeah. Yeah, but then again, they're not really up on, unless it's a biggie, like the 50 or I'm not sure what they're going to do for 60, but mm. they're not really up on the big celebratory stuff, really. I remember when it came round to Eccleston's 10th anniversary, or whatever it was, and we thought they might have brought out something cool for that, or yeah, that just slipped by and something else as well. So I don't think they're too hot on... Unless it's a real biggie, like 50 or 100, whatever. 100, yeah. 100 yeah, I know what you mean. <clears throat> yeah. I think sometimes they're surprised, like, how well, you know, I mean, these these sort of new classic box sets that are coming out on Blu-ray, and they sort, I think they sort of put one out and thought, well, let's see if this does very well. I think they're sometimes quite surprised how well <laughs> yeah. Doctor Who, classic Doctor Who sells. It's like, oh, that sold really well. And, you know, I think they, they sometimes it bemuses them that this little old... <laughs> tacky yeah, show yeah. from you know back in the 60s that had no budget oh I, I think they can't sometimes get their head around well people want to buy that you know what you know so i think that's why you know they wouldn't don't repeat them and stuff they just they don't seem to get their head around the fact that a bit like we were saying about the charm of Quatermass in the pit they probably think god what people still want that do they they don't they yeah, don't seem to yeah. get it you know that it, we love these things they don't yeah i think sometimes they're slightly naive on on that kind of thing but yeah Anyways, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Doctor Who. Doctor Who, yeah. 55 and not looking too shabby. No, not too bad at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on that note, shall we move into some news and much? Yes. Tyler. 
Rose Tyler, yes. Tyler. She's back. She is back. She's going to be in Series 12 as the new companion. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Just naughty, kidding. Just very kidding. Naughty. Very naughty. Just kidding. Rose Tyler is back, but she <laughs> is not on the TV. She's back with Big Finish, mm. which seems to be a kind of natural progression, I would say, for her character because yeah. she did um, she did a, a, a pretty decent uh, volume with Tenant for the uh, 10th Doctor Volume 2. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Pretty good. So that must have been pretty well received because they've given her a leading own volume. Yes. Uh, which is called Rose Tyler, The Dimension Canon. Mm, I like that title, actually. Pretty good. Uh, which co stars um, Camille Kaduri, Jackie Tyler, Sean Dingwall, I think is her father, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Yep. And Mark Benson. Who yes. plays, uh, what's his face? Clive. Clive, yeah. What's I thought of you as soon as I saw this announced, I thought they've been listening to Gary on the podcast because you've been, you've been going on for years about bringing back Clive, haven't you? In his own little series and stuff. I bet you, I bet you loved it when you saw that, that he was coming back in this. I was doing backflips, mate, when I saw I bet this. You- <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, Adam's not wrong. I've been championing this character to come back in you some have. form. I think since we started the podcast together, I think every yes, single time yeah. that we've spoken about the episode Rose or about Eccleston's era and all that stuff, Clive is such a great character. Yeah. And he absolutely deserves some more time. So it's great that he's back. Um, so it comprises four episodes, the normal thing for the big finish volumes. Uh, episode one is called The Endless Night, which is by Jonathan Morris, uh, The Flood by Lisa McCullin. McMullen, sorry, The Ghost Machines by A.K. Benedict and The Last Party on Earth by Matt Fitton. Mm. Uh, a little bit of blurb. So Rose, Rose Tyler is returning for a new Doctor Who spin-off and she's bringing along her family and friends. Uh, we've been building this travel machine, the Dimension Cannon, uh, so I could, well, so I could come back. Anyway, suddenly it started to work and the dimension started to collapse, not just in our world, not just in yours, but in the whole of reality, says Rose Tyler. Mm. Yeah, so uh, I think it's um, it sounds anyway, and certainly based on the cover art, the image that they've chosen, it sounds like we're seeing Rose at the end of her time on the TV. You know, she's that very uh, sort of battle-hardened, experienced time traveller you know, yeah, sort of that sort of that type of rose, not the very um, uh, annoying, chirpy, uh, jealous, love-struck rose that we saw at the beginning of her time. So, sounds pretty good. And a little bit on Clive, uh, it follows Rose's journey through dying parallel worlds, and also stars uh, Mum Jackie, Dad Pete, and Mark Benton as alien investigator Clive Finch. Yes, yes, come on. So I'm up for this. I'm going to order it just because Clive's in it. Uh, do you know what? It, it sold me having him in it. I think I probably <laughs> would have got this anyway, actually, because I'm being a bit, because of the unbelievable output of Big Finish these days. I mean, since they got the new series license, man, they're just you know knocking these releases out. <laughs> I have to be a bit more choosy about the ones I get yes. um, yep. because I just can't afford them all. And also, I don't, just don't have enough time to listen to them all. So, uh, um, But this one, I'm pretty sold on it, actually. I like the sound of it. I'm really intrigued to see how they bring Clive into it. It said something there about parallel universes or something because obviously he's killed off just as the Doctor meets Rose, so that would be the early Rose. And like you said, 
this is obviously the later rose and i just mm-hmm. don't know how they're going to do it and um yeah uh i'm, I'm pretty sold on this one I'm, i think i'll be i'll be getting it as well when's it actually out uh let's have a look it's out next year probably um it well, is next year yeah. september next year so a little oh, right. bit of a wait, but um, I've got time to save up then. Yeah, I think it'll be worth it just because I know with a banging this old drum, but I think Clive will bring a really cool um, uh, element to the story. He's so cool, and also they've um, consulted with um, Russell on this one, so he sort of guided them and steered them in a way that. Oh really? Yeah. So uh, just a little bit more. So they approached Russell with the idea of making a Rose spin-off. And he was really enthusiastic and he suggested that they followed Rose's journey that ultimately leads to her finding the Doctor in the Stolen Earth. Ah, what a cool idea. Yeah, so uh, they found the idea really cool and Matt Fitton, um, they started lobbing ideas around, all the rest of it. Uh, there's a whole multiverse of possibilities and Russell suggested including Jackie and Pete and embrace the idea of including a parallel universe version of Clive. Oh, brilliant. Who, of course, was killed off in the TV series. So yeah. it all sounds actually, I know there's a, a, a split this a split opinion on Rose. A lot of fans love her. Mm. A lot of fans find her a bit annoying and so on. But I really think that the story for this one from Big Finish does sound really, really good. Mm. Yeah. I must admit, I'm, I really like the sound of that. Mm. Um, just to quickly go off on slightly, have you ever, because I know you love Clive and, and Mark Benton, who plays the character, have you ever seen that TV series they did, um, Detective One, called Shakespeare in Hathaway with uh, him? Yes, yeah. It was great. Fantastic. They, it was, it was yeah. daytime television. It was on at like two o'clock in the afternoon, but I used to watch it on the iPlayer. And they've only done one series so far. I think they did one just to sort of test the water and mm-hmm. see. And it's been really popular, and I think they're going to make some more. But he's so good in that. He's really, and I kept really just, good. Every time yeah. I watched it, I kept thinking, oh, Clive, you know, <laughs> he's so good. Anyway, yeah, so we'll definitely both be getting that for sure. Right, in other news, uh, Witchfinders overnight figures, uh, not bad. Uh, sticking above the 5 million this time again. So we've got 5.66 million viewers um, watched uh, Witchfinders on the Sunday evening. Mm. Obviously, this is before all the other bits and bobs are added on, so it's not the final figure. And uh, that's pretty consistent, isn't it, really? I think all the episodes, yes. you know, yeah, gradual drop and all that stuff, we know that. But, you know, it's it's still good. It's still going to be around the 7 million But by the time they add on the iPlayer and stuff. And it makes it the fourth, was it? most? Yeah, fourth highest rated program for Sunday. So... Not bad goings at all, actually. Doctor Who's still doing incredibly well mm. in the uh, in the viewing figures, especially yeah. in this day and age. I think X Factor got something like, well, I don't know, it's quite low, I think. So it's, it's doing well. Yeah, uh, is, I'm a celebrity, yeah. get me out of here, so I think it was the top watch program. Yes. Um, the, uh, the old editor of Doctor Who magazine, Tom Spilsbury, mm. uh, he put some uh, some cool little stats out on Twitter the other day um, or yesterday. And he said that uh, a new record has been set for who as every episode of the series so far has appeared in the top 10 weekly TV chart. Oh, cool. Which is really cool. That is good, isn't it? Yes. But he did say also that the slight fly in the ointment is that uh, the run of good figures also equals Doctor Who's all-time record for six consecutive ratings declines. So oh, right. <laughs> you've got to take the rough with the smooth, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah. It's, you know, it's been top 10 mm-hmm. and really good. But then I think since Rosa, possibly, or the one before Rosa, um, the overnights have been 
down slightly each week, but they're still very yeah. good. So it's just one of those, yeah, okay, we'll take that one. We'll take the hit of the declines mm-hmm. for the, you know, for the better ratings each week. So it's it's a funny one to get my head around because the viewing figures have been quite consistently good. Mm. But but it's been the most divided of series for a long time, I think. Yeah, you know, in yeah. terms of fandom and what fans think of it, and, and the writing and the you know the quality of the series, so I, I just when I see the view figures are strong, I think to myself, so is the show now appealing more to a, a different audience? You know, is it are new viewers on board and they're watching it every week, and all the fans are just moaning and switching off? Or mm-hmm. I can't quite work out. It's probably a bit of both, isn't it? I mean, I think the Sunday night thing has definitely worked, yeah. <laughs> and I think oh, yeah. the fact that there's nothing else on. Uh, the other side as well is, is probably brought new viewers to switch over and sort of give it a chance and hopefully got into it. So I don't know. It's just strange because, uh, you know, I think the quality of the stories from our point of view has been very mixed this series. So it's uh, it sort of surprises me how well it's doing. Um, I'm pleased. I'm delighted it's it's back in the public eye in such a big way. But um, I'm slightly surprised by it as well. Considering the reaction that some of the stories have got, I'm just surprised it's not really taken a dive in the viewing figures, if you know what I mean. just makes me think it's found a new audience as well as the sort of core audience. I don't know. It's a strange, like you said, it's a strange beast, Mm. isn't it? The whole ratings thing. And uh, just to be clear, uh, you and I, we don't really, you know, we don't really see it as a big, important thing. You know, the whole viewing thing. I mean, it's, it's important to some people, I guess, and TV executives and all that stuff, but mm. it's just a number, really, isn't it? As long as it's not in the bottom ten, <laughs> then yeah. you know we're doing all right. So, but yeah, it's an interesting one. It's um, but we, it, it happens every series, though. You're not you're not going to get nine million views throughout the entire. It's just not going to happen, regardless no. of what you know. I don't even know what the really big ones like Game of Thrones get and all that stuff because they have a lot more viewers than. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I don't know, but. It's good. Overall, it's very good. So, yes. Can't really complain. Uh, last bit of news. Uh, last week, we dived into a bit of discussion around moving the Christmas Day special to New Year's Day. And uh, as if by magic, uh, the BBC have released a new promo image showing Ooh. Jodie in a very fetching, colourful scarf. <laughs> as it seems to be the thing with, uh, with doctors. How do you accessorize the doctor? Let's just whack a scarf on there and everybody yeah. will buy them in the millions. I got to say, I love the scarf. It's, well, <laughs> I blimmin' love it. It's a Paul Smith scarf, apparently, uh, which is already sold out, of course. Of course, yeah. So that they'll be on eBay for about £1,000 each. But yeah, I love it. Uh, I'm just laughing because the, the reaction to it is it's just so funny. The, <laughs> it kind of Twitter and Facebook exploded just because of a scarf. And I just find that quite amusing, but... Uh, I can see why. I like it. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's not really doing much for me. No? I'll be honest with you. Don't get me wrong. I don't mind it. I think it's a, a cool looking <laughs> scarf, but it looks like the doctor's just nipped into Next or Topshop or something and yeah. <laughs> picked a scarf out and on she goes. What I mean is it, it, it the colours and everything suit her doctor. It, it looks good. Don't get me wrong. But it doesn't have anything doctory about it. You know, it's just, it's a standard length scarf. We're not, we haven't got any crazy fourth doctor stuff going on and mm. there's no patterns on it to suggest it's in any way doctor who related it just looks like a high street scarf so yes it's cool she looks great it's all good but i certainly won't be you know stretching the pounds to try and find one online put it that way 
I think because I think <laughs> if you if you'd have managed to get one before from Paul Smith, I think they were sixty five pounds, which was expensive enough. So imagine what they'll be going for now. Um, yeah, I, I must admit I really like it. She probably picks it up from a charity shop or something in the episode. That that you know probably. Would be quite fun, <laughs> yeah. probably. But uh, no, I really like it. I like this promo image. I'm I'm kind of surprised we got it this early, considering how. God, it it was like pulling teeth trying to get anything for Series 11 before it aired. But they seem to be a bit more <laughs> yeah. forthcoming at the minute, don't they? So um, we did get a synopsis for the episode as well, but no title, uh, which I thought yeah. was odd. Yeah. So they did release a synopsis, which I don't have to hand, I'm afraid. But um, it just basically said she meets up with her friends on New Year's Day and evil's invading Earth or something like that. So it wasn't the most exciting of synopsis. But um, yeah, like the image. Hmm. Not too bad. Fireworks and the whole New Year's thing. Is it a different coat or is it just the angle? The coat the angle. looks slightly yeah. different. Oh, okay. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Just looks bigger, thicker. Don't know. Still stand by my um my my need to have this link into the McGann film. Oh yeah, because it because it's New Year's Eve. Yeah, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they just because you know the whole theme of this series when they're doing the historical stuff or any time yeah. that they're back back in time they seem to have this theme of not interfering and changing events but just being mm. witnesses to things and giving things a gentle little nudge to uh you know get that they could do the same thing with paul you know with the doctor and grace you know they could be sort of watching what's i don't know it could be a cool <laughs> little a cool little thing i don't know but yeah, i can't see it happening but i'm all for not, more, i'm no. all for more mcgann yes uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, so that's uh the promo image for the New Year's Day special. Yeah. Uh, should we get our metal buddy in? See what he's yes. got? Yes. Yes, get him pants. in. Match corner. Match corner. Match corner. I don't know that to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Match corner. Brought to you by the grumpy, miserable little high maintenance Dalek. Dalek How are you, Dalek Tat? You're right. Don't even bother. No, not not a word. Do you know what? I don't even know why we bother having him around. Can't we get can't we get another Dalek? <laughs> <laughs> can't we get any can't we get a um special weapons one or something? Uh, he's just don't say stopped. it too loud no, if he he's hears. Just oh. No, he's he's all right. He's all right. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so he's very begrudgingly gave us a couple of bits to look at today. First one being a new book, uh, which was based on an idea by Mr. Baker. Mm-hmm. So Tom Baker and somebody else, the name escapes me. had Wasn't it Ian Marta? That's it, Ian Marta. Yeah, they had this idea back when he was the doctor. Uh, I think it was anyway. They had this idea of making a, a Doctor Who film. If I remember this, the blurb on this correctly. And they worked out an idea and a rough script and a story, I think, and all that stuff. Uh, but it was ultimately canned because, as we all know, the Doctor Who fund back at the time was <laughs> very uh, limited, should we say. They were skint, basically. So yeah. the idea of them making a film was just, they must when Tom walked in with Ian and said, right, We've got this amazing idea. It's going to be a brilliant film. How do we get this started? I can just imagine all the execs just at the BBC just wetting themselves laughing. Yeah. You know, like belly up laugh, holding onto your ribs, falling off your chair laughing. (laughs) 
and Tom just storming out with his scarf trapped in the door and then has to open <laughs> it again and then slammed it a second time. But years later, as everything with Doctor Who, it seems, it gets uh, another another stab at it. Mm. Uh, so the, all this stuff has been... Because I think it was lost, wasn't it? Well, not lost, but it was filed away for years and people had forgotten about it. And um, uh, a lost copy was found by the BFI. Um, and they... Um, it was donated to them by John Nathan Turner. Yeah. And then it was uh, been picked up by James Goss. He's adapted it into a, into a proper book. Mm. Um, so I think Tom Baker's like, he's, his name is the one that's splashed on the front. It's, he's like yeah. the salesman for it, if you like. But I imagine there'll be a bit of blurb in the intro or somewhere to say that it was him and Ian and James. Uh, James Goss has done the adaptation because he did the Douglas Adams book didn't he the space he did, pirates that's right yeah yeah space pirates that's right and uh he did uh Sharda as well i think oh that's no right. no that was no was it Sharda or was that um gareth roberts no it was, oh city on. of death maybe one city of those of death, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah he definitely did the space pirates i've got it here somewhere. yeah and um so yeah this should be rather good it's called scratch man hmm. and uh the doctor harry and sarah jane arrive at a remote scottish island where their holiday is cut short by the appearance of strange creatures, hideous scarecrows, preying on the local population. The islanders are living in fear and the Doctor vows to save them all, but it doesn't go to plan. The, the time travellers have fallen into a trap and Scratch Man is coming for them. With the fate of the universe hanging in the balance, the Doctor must battle an ancient force from another dimension, one who claims to be the devil. <laughs> Scratch Man wants to know what the Doctor is most afraid of. And the Doctor's worst nightmares are coming out to play. Mm. So a little bit late. This sounds like it would have been a cracking Halloween book. Yeah, it would have been, wouldn't it? Um, but it's not out until January. January next year. That's yeah. right. I think it's released on Tom Baker's birthday, actually, uh, which would be nice. Um, it, I'm quite intrigued by this because I, I Scratch Man, I've heard of this. You know, I've heard of it before, right. you know, in the background there somewhere. So... I've never known much about it, but I always was aware of this this idea that had been floating around from Tom and and stuff. So I'm quite intrigued by it. Um, they're going to do an audio book as well, which Tom's going to read. So that, that'll be quite cool hmm. uh, to hear the man himself reading the book. So I might, um, well, I will. I'll definitely pick this up just just to, just to see what it's all about. Hopefully, it's better than um, the boy who kicked pigs, which was Tom's <laughs> Tom's other book, which was just bizarre to say the least. Weird. Uh, yeah. yeah, very strange. Yeah, 12 um, quid on Amazon. Not bad. Or a tenner if you want the Kindle edition, but pretty Kindle. reasonable. Yeah, pretty reasonable no. for these type of books, I would say. I don't do digital books. Could be good. I think um, because James Goss is handling the actual novelization, I think it could be a, a pretty good one. He's very, very good at this. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, no, it's good to have him involved, I think. Yeah. Right, in uh, other merch news, something lovely has landed. This was announced at midnight last night. Well, we're recording on a Wednesday, so ah, just beautiful. Uh, The the next limited edition Blu-ray set has been announced from the BBC, and it's going to be season 18, Tom's last season uh, for this set in its usual style, following on from season 12 and 19. Looks fantastic. Oh, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, Lee Binding's artwork all over it, just looking absolutely gorgeous glorious um i this is a, a mixed season as well because i really like season 18 but it there are stories in there that are real guilty pleasures you know they i wouldn't consider them 
the best stories, but I really love yeah, them. Yeah. If you know what I mean, yep. that like you know, like Megloss is such a bizarre story, but I just kind of love it. Um, and Legopolis, which I watched the other night and stuff like that. So yeah, so there's going to be loads of new extras on this, a uh, new making of, uh, updated special effects for Legopolis. Um, the commentaries by uh, moderated by Matthew Sweet. Uh, surround sound mixes for the Warrior Gate, behind-the-scenes footage from Leisure Hive, Full Circle, Legopolis, um, more behind-the-sofa featurettes, which um, I really enjoyed on the on the other releases. Um, what else have we got? Brand-new documentaries, The Writer's Room, and Weekend with Waterhouse. Oh, <laughs> hello. That sounds good. That sounds good. Um, this also is going to include Canine and Company as well. Hmm. which is a, an added treat. Um, yes. There's there's going to be loads as well. Uh, so it's an eight-disc eight disc box set. I thought it was four-disc. Uh, I think it's four. The little write-up there says the eight-disc box set also includes ours. No, it is eight. Yeah. Is it? Eight discs, my friend. You look at the picture. Oh my word! You'll see. Yeah, I was thinking it was. Out. Yeah, I was thinking those four discs. So it's an eight disc set. Blimey! Hmm. How many discs were the other sets then? They were only four, weren't they? Anyway, it's a anyway. mega set. <laughs> it's going to be a great set. Um, yeah. It's coming out. When's it out? Uh, next year, obviously. February. February next year. Don't read yeah. into that too much because the two that we've had so far have both been delayed. So this is probably <laughs> going to be April. I'm going to say March at the earliest. I, I am thrilled that they are getting these out so quick, but I'm also slightly worried because it, it does strike me that since the success of season 12, they've gone right. You know, the BBC are rubbing the hands together, right? Let's get these out. Come on, let's get that money rolling in quick, you know, whipping the, you know, cracking the whip. Come on, get them done, get them done. And the problem with that is it means, you know, they get rushed out and mistakes are made and, I'm all for them coming out and I'm loving it, but please don't rush them. You know what I mean? It's yes. just, yep. I don't know. Cause I think seasons, I just don't know how well, out, how well planned out these have been. It seems like this has come out very quick on the back of season 19. And um, yeah, I'm all for it. I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. I just don't want, <laughs> don't want disc errors and things just because the BBC want to get them out as fast as possible, if you know what I mean. But yeah, but great news. I'm thrilled, mate. If they, I must admit, I, so happy this particular season is has been chosen as the next one myself. I really am chuffed, actually. No, it's fantastic, mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like you said, Lee Binding's artwork is just doing the oh, business great. as always. Yeah, looks beautiful. Uh, some prices for this then. Um, Amazon are a bit wacky at the minute, but their price will absolutely come down. So at the minute, it's £56, but it will no way be that. By the time it's released, it will come down quite a bit. Uh, HMV, you've got it for thirty nine ninety nine, which seems closer like to the, yeah. the thing. And Zoom.co.uk, you get a quid off thirty eight ninety nine if you pre-order over there. So uh, standard pricing that we've seen uh, based on the previous two box sets. Uh, nothing crazy there, but um, no, absolutely another pre-order for sure. Oh, definitely. Really I can't good. wait to see them lined up. I'm just really looking forward to putting them all <laughs> together, if you know what I mean. Like, I really would love to see McCoy's um one of mccoy next um probably what's uh is it the the middle season whatever that would have been 20 so that well uh, all, all the, the one with greatest show 26 yeah. i'm trying to work it out what it would be 20, well, I yeah. don't know, something like that yeah. yeah yeah the one with greatest show and all that would be, be great be awesome yeah. yeah there is one 
there is one one little mm. about all of these, mm. and that is unless they unless they hire some kind of private investigative team and some kind of archaeology archaeological team, these are never going to be one to whatever, are they? We're always gonna. It's always gonna start at season. Oh, I see what you mean. You know, it might be season because there's so many lost from Troutons and Hartnells. You know, I just don't know. It, on the shelf, I'm thinking about from a completist point of view. Now, mm. we're never going to have seasons one to twenty-eight, whatever it is, are we? Because well, they unless, simply haven't got all the episodes to bring them out. Unless they animate them, which would cost a fortune, but <clears throat> maybe well, that's why maybe. they're leaving those till last. Um, or they could put the soundtrack, you know, like they do the audio books of the missing ones. They could, I don't know, oh, they could the same, probably get it? round no. it, but I know it's not the same. I know what you mean. The other thing that worries me, actually, in terms of how they look on the shelf and the completed side of things is I keep hearing these rumours that, um, that only the, the after this, the next releases aren't going to be in the limited edition style. So they'll just be standard. And I don't like the sound of that because mm. that means they'll just be in a normal box and then you'll have your three limited, but all the rest will be in a standard box. I really hope that isn't true because I I think I'm I think pretty much everyone would agree with me here. I don't get what's wrong with just releasing the limited ones first and then when they sell out, put them in a standard box. Then everybody's happy. Oh, you know? of course. Yeah. So those yeah. that want the limited can get it for the pre order. And then when they're gone, standard box. Now, what's wrong with that? Well, that's kind of been the, that's, the model you know, for lots of TV shows yeah, and stuff. I just it's, don't get why yeah. they have to make everything so complicated. Anyway, yeah, I mean, it must be. It's just a rumor. Hopefully, they'll all be limited for to begin with. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, it looks like they're not the cheapest things to to make because there's yeah. well, especially this one with the eight discs, and you've got the booklet and the little Velcro openy thing and. And actual, not just the packaging, but the time and effort it takes to put all these cool features. I mean, the season 19 one that's just come out, it looks like they filmed a ton of extra stuff for that. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. it's not cheap to do. But if fans are willing to pay it, just keep them rolling in this format. You yeah, know, and just... to be fair, I mean, season 12 sold out incredibly fast. Mm -hmm. Season 19 uh, apparently is is close to selling out and it's not even been released yet. So they're obviously selling well, mm. which is fantastic news um and i bet the bbc are loving it as i said <laughs> they're on the phone going right what season get it all out get it all out you know so it is great that they're selling so well um and hopefully that will fund the rest of them yeah yeah i think they're all eight discs mate is season i thought season i thought season 12 was four but i could mm, be wrong well season 19 is definitely eight discs is that eight as well i was just trying to check that funny enough yeah because um, what I'm... i was thinking is two of the discs had to be replaced and I thought that left two in the box, but I could be completely wrong. Maybe I'm just getting all muddled. Anyway, Maybe it's still not. very good. Hmm. There's uh, season 12. Let me have a look. Season 12 is six. Six. Oh, yes. Okay. Right, yeah. right. Mystery solved. Mystery solved. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, season 18 on its way. Fantastic. Fantastic. Right, yo, review time. Yes. What is it this week? So, yeah, uh, episode, what are we on now? Is this eight? Yeah. Of series 11? Yep. Episode eight, The Witch Finders. 
People of Bilehurst Crag, let us put the accused to the test. It's a witch trial. Every last witch in this village shall be destroyed. A genius plan, your majesty. Oh. Go on, do the impression. I love it. <laughs> um, yes, Team Tardis. Team Tardis <laughs> land in early 17th century England in the midst of a witch trial. <laughs> And despite her own non-interference policy, the 13th Doctor cannot help but try and stop all the killings. However, with King James growing suspicious of the Doctor and her ways, it is up to her friends to play witchfinders and uncover mm. the hidden mysteries behind the trials. Oh dear. There we go. It was written by Joy Wilkinson, directed by Sally Abrahamian. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Uh, it stars the usual Team TARDIS and uh, a fairly decent support cast. So, The Witchfinders, what did you reckon, buddy? Well, uh, quite a dark little episode mm. this, wasn't it? For half past six on a Sunday evening. I was. It turned dark very quick, didn't you think? I was sat there, just finished having my dinner, had a little glass of wine, and, oh, Dr. Hulis. And, uh, oh, they're in the forest, and, oh, my God, someone's being drowned. Blimmin' heck, this has turned dark quick. Um, I actually really enjoyed this one, mate. I, I thought it was I thought it was a good, dark, creepy episode. I thought it had some some great visuals. I thought it was the best that Jodie's been written, and certainly the best performance she's given this series. Right. Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the best. I'm not going to put it. It's not a nine or a ten or anything like that. But I certainly enjoyed it, and um, and I thought it was quite strong. It did have a few pacing issues. It was a bit slow in places. A little bit bored in the middle. Very quick wrap up. But apart from that, I thought it was a, a good solid episode of Doctor Who. So I was quite pleased um, by the end of this. I thought, yeah, that's a bit more like it. Uh, I think what really brought it up for me was Jodie. To be honest, I thought she finally. She finally stepped up a bit this okay, week. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it was good. I did think it was good this week. What about you? Yeah, cool. I have uh, similar thoughts, mate. I thought this was a really good, really good ah, story. Cool. This one. Yeah. I think it was uh, an episode that was needed at this yeah. point because we didn't need another historical. We've had a couple of those. Mm. We didn't need another emotional. We just needed like a good old-fashioned scary story. And this one delivered on that, I think. It was fairly creepy. Uh, like you said, for 6.30 on a Sunday, I yeah. imagine there would have been a fair few kids. I tell you, when, when when she, when, um, what's the character's name? The Savage, Becca Savage, when she transformed into that thing, even uh, I was properly like, yeah. whoa. I was thinking if I was a kid now, I'd be, I'd be bricking it. And and because I was myself, I thought I thought it was pretty scary, hmm. um, which is which is good. You know, this is what I kind of want from Doctor Who of which just getting that good. level of yeah, which is good. Which I see is what you good. did there. <laughs> and the mud thing as well, the the CGI mud creature. I wish we'd seen a bit more of that because I thought such a simple. It was just mud with two eyes and a, and a scary <laughs> mouth, but I thought it looked great. I was like, "Ah, oh, that that thing that's coming out of the yeah, tree." So it's yeah. so simple, but we're at um, the end of the near the end of the series now. They've run out of money. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they obviously <laughs> run out of money. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you what, the bit where the, there were scenes like though, where the one of the the witches, the group of 
the zombie witches, whatever they were, mm-hmm. that they went and got an axe and was like walking down the stairs. I was thinking, this is like someone out of a horror film. This is great. Cool. You yeah. know, it really did. I think the look of it again, just fantastic. And um, it, it had a real good creepy tone. I wish there is something slightly missing from it. I wish I could put my finger on it. I was watching it again yesterday and uh, thinking, yeah, I really do like this story, but there is, there is something. It just didn't quite have that magic spark to make it a, a nine or a 10. Do you know what I mean? It was a, just a good solid episode, but I was thinking, yeah, there's just, it needed something in it, something extra to, to have really bumped it up to be an amazing, absolutely classic episode dot two. But I think it was almost there. It was certainly, certainly one of the better episodes in the series, uh, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah. Mm. It had a classic who feel to it as well. You know, the, it had a really old sort of, um, like a Tom Baker, Brain of Morbiusy kind of feel to it. Mm. Um, it reminded me of Fenric. Or Fenric, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, when you know, that scene when she's looking at the mud in her little jar, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Doctor, turn round," mm-hmm. and then then the camera does a brilliant pan up. It sort of turns around and pans up, and all the zombie witchy things are, are all stood there. Like, Whoa. I was thinking, this is that really good stuff. Yeah, that's the obvious one, I think. Fenric. Fenric. Yeah. yeah. So, but no, it did remind me of a an earlier Who. Mm. Uh, just because there wasn't any CG involved with the witches, really. You know, when you see, um, what was it, the old the old granny who had come back? She yeah. had been revived by the mud thing. And when the other witches, not witches, the other women who had been accused of witchcraft anyway had come back to life and they were sort of walking in a little group and stuff and there was no CG needed. It was just physical makeup and stuff. And it looked great, didn't it? Really yeah. did look good. Looked really good. The, the only bit of CG maybe was when old Savage transformed. I think clearly she had loads of makeup on, <laughs> but I think they might have added a bit of CG over her or something because it, it was it looked really good. Her, do you know what I mean? Her face was sort of glowing and stuff, and it looked really fantastic. Actually, I don't know how they achieved the effect. I'm assuming she had prosthetics. I can never say that word. And then they sort of overlaid CG on it on, as well. I'm not sure. You know, when she first transformed. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. was really good. Mm. Like um, amazing. Um, just everything worked in that moment where, where she transformed and then her voice changed. And, oh, the voice and everything's really creepy. Yeah. It was very well done. It was really, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that they had this one on early because yeah. a couple of previous episodes, they went out later, didn't they? So yes. it's, it's interesting that they had this one on in the early slot because uh, I complete, I'm so confident that there would have been a bunch of kids across the country, across the world potentially, that were just like, oh my God. That I think this should have been the Halloween one. I really do. What? I think this should have been earlier on in the run because I think it's just one of the stronger episodes. I think it should have been, I don't think it should have been held back this far in the series. I would like to have seen it earlier. And I think it would have been great as a Halloween episode, this, I think. What was the Halloween one? That was a... The spider one, wasn't it? Oh, the spider one, yeah. Arachnids, yeah. Yeah, this should have been the Halloween one. I think this should have been the Halloween one. I think this would have been great as a Halloween story. And and on at sort of seven o'clock as well, when it's all dark and would have been fantastic, actually. I'm with you on that one, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Trick there. Uh, so story-wise then, and visually it looked really good. Yeah. Really, really cool. Because I think on most of the episodes that we've seen up to now have been, there's been a lot of location shots and it's, you know, the use of the new cameras and lenses and stuff has really showcased that 
awesome color range and cinematic feel and stuff. Whereas mm. this one, it had um, a, 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 almost a black and white feel to it most of the time. Mm. And it was really uh, brought out that really old English, which, because I'm a really big fan of that time period, like TV and films about the whole mm. witch trials and the whole... Witch finder and all yeah, that. Yeah, all that stuff. I'm mm. a big fan of that stuff. And it it captured that really nicely. And um, so there was a there was a really nice little um, scenes that only lasted a few seconds between what was that cut up the story nicely and it, it would it, and that, that brought that horror aspect into it as well so there'd be a scene where all you saw was the the tree with no leaves on it and some like crows flying off of it or there'd be a scene where you'd just see just a location just for a few seconds but yeah. just nothing happening just that really old winter time sense that something's not quite right with that village and that area. Mm. So I think visually, although it didn't have the really um, vibrant, huge cinematic feeling that we've had of all the the outdoorsy stuff and the awesome sets and stuff that we've seen previously, I think it still was amazing to look at, but just from a different visual perspective. Yeah, no, I know yeah. exactly what you mean. Yeah, there's a, there was a scene like an overhead shot of the trees, like a drone shot or something. Yes, yeah, and then there like was the, the nice sort of stark, um, the bit where she was chopping down the tree. You know, when she was telling the backstory, and it was just a stark, yeah. almost silhouetted person chopping through. I just, yeah, visually it was sort of the palette tone was quite grey and dark, and I love it. Just really suited it. I thought that's what. Yeah, it absolutely mm. suited the tone of the story. Yeah, it almost yeah. almost had a Tim Burtony kind of Ooh, yeah. feel to it. If anyone's seen Sleepy Hollow, mm. it it it's bit, yeah. You know what I mean? It's got very. They didn't go as far as that, but it had a you know a, a kind of visual cue to mm. that kind of that thing. So visually, I loved it. it looked really good, and yeah. I, and I think because there wasn't as much CG in it. We just had those two key scenes, you know, when um, uh, Becca transforms into the Morax properly. Yeah. Like you said, that CG and her face is like moving around that they've done and the voice and stuff. And then later on where you saw the proper Morax mud monster thing. Mm. With the exception of those, the rest of it was just good old sets, actors doing their thing. There wasn't any explosions needed there wasn't any laser beams needed anything like that it was just yeah it was just a really good i imagine this one would have been fairly cheap to produce because yeah. it was just all you know let's all jump in a van go to a village somewhere just do your thing <laughs> it, i must admit i did feel for jody though on this one because oh, um yeah. it, it must have been freezing i'm not I, I mean i don't think she I'm, I'm assuming it was a stunt person actually going into the water because um, they edited it quite well. I was watching quite right. carefully on the second watch to see if you ever actually saw Jodie in the water. You don't. But she was clearly wet when she was coming out and doing the other scenes. And uh, you can see sort of like the her breath, you know, and I was thinking it does look cold, and I bet she was freezing filming that. So I did feel for her um, having to film in those conditions. But um, but it was nice to see her getting really stuck into the action this week, I thought. Yeah. And and also finally really standing up to people and, and putting things right. And I just thought she was written so much better this week. Um, I, I just wish we'd seen this earlier on in the series. I wish she'd been written more like this. Right. Because yeah. I finally felt like she's the, almost there, you know. The, her performance was so much better as well. Um, it, it's an incredible contrast to last week. I mean, people... I think we were in the minority with our 
not liking Kablam that much. You know, most of the people are raving about it. Some people even now are saying it's like the, their second favorite of the series, and I just don't understand it because for me, the difference in acting between Kablam and the actors this week are miles apart. Everybody, <laughs> bar one, which I'm sure we'll get onto, everybody was playing this absolutely straight serious mm-hmm. and it was just you know it was on an, it, for me it was on another level and i thought jodie was on another level as well i just thought her performance was much better this week um especially when she was tied to that tree and she was having the discussion with king james you know the, mm-hmm. the, the, the dialogue and the way she delivered the dialogue was was absolutely bang on and i just wish we'd seen more of her like that in, in the series before now you know it's episode eight and we've only just got that performance i just think it's such a shame it just shows the potential that she actually has given good writing absolutely you know given yeah. given the right words she can absolutely deliver them with power and force and i just yeah i just almost despair i was thinking yeah there there you go that's that's what we've needed these past eight weeks you know a bit of that you know but uh but yeah i just thought it was acting wise was so much better this week really mostly really. mostly good <laughs> mostly <Yes>. better yeah <laughs> apart from <clears throat> a couple of people what did you think to the monster slash villain of the week for this one then because one of our long running complaints for series 11 is that we've not had a decent threatening enough monster did you think that was fixed in this one or do you think they were still a bit wet well well fixed to an extent mm-hmm. i mean it just we haven't had anything original, you know. I mean, yeah, I thought that I thought there was a great threat this week with the the zombie grannies or whatever you want to call them, right? Uh, I thought, you know, I thought they worked really well, especially when they're walking around with an axe. I thought, oh, you know, they, they were good. They were scary. I thought um, when she transformed into the is it Morax? Yep. I thought she was really scary. <laughs> uh, maybe that should have happened a bit earlier on in the episode because, yeah, she was terrifying. Um, as for the mud creature, well, we only saw it for like 20 seconds, so can't really think. Mm. So there was definitely threat this week. There was definitely a good, uh, I don't I don't even know if I can say monster, but for want of a better word, monster. Yeah. But it just wasn't original. You know, it's no, it's not, it's not a weeping angel. We've had no weeping angel or anything this series. There's been nothing that stands out. So a little bit wet in that sense. You know what I mean? It, it was really yeah. good, but it, it's still nothing... You know, we, we've seen this stuff before. Yeah. It, it was good, but it's just nothing original again. Yeah, for me, it was one of those times where I feel like they should let go of a certain thing. This this series has definitely had themes running through it mm. consistently. And one of the things is, yes, there's been an alien threat of some kind or a monster threat, whatever. But it's usually turned out to be the humans in the story that are the actual yeah. problem. And they've, we had that again here where, yes, we've got this alien thing that's, you know, possessing people or whatever, but the actual person who's doing the killing, you know, accusing these women of being witches and, and doing all that stuff is Becca Savage. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. What the, To an extent, they did up the, the threat level a little bit with the whole witches stalking the, the countryside, especially with the axe and stuff and being very scary and all that. Mm. And the doctor coming very close to to uh, bite in the dust when she gets dunked. Yeah. When she gets tied up and dunked. Um, But, you know, it it just alludes back to the Series 11 theme that, yes, these there are bad aliens and with bad intentions and all the rest of it, but ultimately it's the human beings that are doing the 
the bad stuff. And I wish they'd have dropped that a little bit for this one. It kind of would have benefited a little bit from just being an isolated, let's make it properly about witches. You know, why didn't one mm. of them? Because I was half expecting the, in, in a, a tiny bit of me wishes that this was a proper witch story. That the yeah, women, and me. You know, yeah. the, the women that they had accused of, of witchcraft came back as witches. You know, her hunch was right. They were witches. You know, and it could have been a proper sort of witchcraft, the occult kind of black magic sort of thing. But mm. I'm not saying that that's, that, you know, detracts from the episode. It was still good. But I just feel like, you know, yes, we, you know, humans are bad. Well, but it's been every week, are. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it does it. The problem is it's kept it on the same tone, isn't it? That's mm. the problem. It's okay if you do it one or two weeks, that, that theme. But it's been every week, pretty much. And that's the problem, I think. It just means it's been a very one-tone series so far yeah. and it doesn't look like that's going to change so yes. i i absolutely get what you're saying yeah but overall though still a step up from a few of the episodes that we've seen thus far in terms of story and aliens monsters whatever yeah i just i just it had that you said earlier it had that more classic who feel about it mm. it just felt much more traditional in its style of of being a doctor episode which uh, a lot of people felt for last week with Kablam, and i i agree with that even though i didn't think Kablam was particularly great i know exactly what people are saying when they say it feels more traditional who uh, and this one did as well so i think this one miles over Kablam in terms of classic yeah, yeah I I just you know I just can't yeah I it's can't a, get my head around Kablam at all people love it I just don't see it but yeah yeah that's a real strange one Kablam because mm. we our our thoughts on it are so different to the majority of fandom I, I think I'd like it a lot more if the performances were better in it I think <laughs> that's the thing that ruins Kablam for me is just how how awful the acting was in it you know yeah no, I mean that's not a bad thing you know it's just it, yeah, it's just like worlds apart how we feel about it versus 98% of... Yeah. You know, it's just weird. Anyways. Mm. Um, okay, so, yeah, monsters, it was a step up and they were, you know, we can't argue they were very scary that when the witches were mm. reanimated and knocking about. They were creepy, and especially when uh, Becca gets properly possessed. That scared crap out of me. Yeah, yeah, me too. I thought, whoa, they're really... Up in the the scares, yeah, yeah, um, and I think that was needed. I think all of the all of the kids under sort of ten years old needed a a Doctor Who smack across the face. Mm. Like kids, it's time to get the cushions up or dive behind whatever. This is how Doctor Who is done. Mm. You know? I, I think so. I mean, I I was even like that in the first few minutes when the when they were first going to dunk Granny. What's name? I was like, this is quite. Granny I was Boston. a bit like, are they actually going to drown her? On that's pretty dark stuff, because um, you kind of know the doctor's going to dive in. But there is they 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 directed it well enough to make you think, well, is she? Because she's taking, she's re you can see the sort of dilemma on her face of, oh, I mustn't interfere, I mustn't interfere, but oh, I'm going to interfere. So it was the tension was pretty good from right from the beginning. I thought because even that was quite scary in a different mm -hmm. sense. It wasn't. Yeah in your face horror but it was still a quite unpleasant oh my god are you actually going to drown that poor woman you know it was it was pre-adult stuff i thought um but but again getting a good line between being adult and um scary enough for the kids without being too much you know yeah what did you think to the tardis team just walking through the village with nobody 
having a look at who these strangers are. I, strange I did think that straight away, actually. <laughs> on the first watch, when I was watching it Sunday night, I did think that. Like, is no one going to question how they look? And um, I know old King James said, says something about Jodie's costume, doesn't he? He's like, oh, are you actors? And, so, and I thought, okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> they, maybe they could have played up to that a bit more or something. Because yeah. it was strange that nobody seemed to notice or question how they looked. Not even a glance. Uh, Not even a, a glance. strange look, yeah. And this episode was a little bit short on running time as well. I think it was like 46 minutes or something instead of 50. I think it's one of the shorter episodes of the run. So there was plenty of time to have these little scenes that could have explained away stuff like that very quickly. Mm. Um, I don't know how much was cut because the other thing was this started with them already landed. And I thought, oh, there's no TARDIS scene. There was no getting there. They were there just walking through the forest. And I kind of wondered if they'd cut anything from the start I thought oh, I wonder if they just sort of watching it and thought no nah, we don't we don't need this mm-hmm. bit let's just cut straight to them there and That's you know because as I That's said good. it was a little bit under running time wise this mm-hmm. episode so be interested to see if there's any deleted scenes on the um series 11 box set when it comes out yeah but that's not that's pretty I would agree with that if if you don't need to see them having that no and we didn't to be fair know. no because no. sometimes it's cool just to have you know the doctor and the the companions just dunked into a story and not off yeah. you go. You don't need the whole TARDIS materialization scene and all that. Uh, but I thought the ending was nice though. It reminded me of, um, you know, the family of blood, whatever two part. I can't remember the other episode title, that two parter <laughs> family of blood. And, uh, the, the, Oh no, you know, the other one at the very yeah. end, uh, the, the young boy character, when he says goodbye to the doctor and Martha, the yeah. doctor looks at him and says, you'll like this bit. And then he sees the TARDIS oh, dematerialize, yes. you know? Yeah. And it was similar to this when the doctor says to Willa, or, you know, because King James and Willa are standing there and they see the TARDIS, you know, bugger off. Yeah. Willa's face is just in awe, you know? She's like, what did we just see? And so it reminded me of that. I can never remember the other bloody... Family of Blood and... Um, oh, I don't know. Uh, anyway, yeah. yeah, it reminded me of um, the... What's the story, the Equiston story? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> you know, um, the one written by Mark Gatiss where they go back and, uh, oh, I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, it was a lovely scene, <laughs> a really lovely scene. Um, and it was nice with all the leaves floating around and stuff. I love the bit that Jodie said at the end as well, where she's like, you know, the difference between magic and uh, and sci- you know, space and all that and you know, just a really nice, that was a very doctory moment, I thought. Mm, it was. Um, the Unquiet Dead is what I was trying to think of. Oh, you know yeah, the bit yeah. You know the bit at the end where uh, Charles Dickens sees the TARDIS disappear and the snow swirls around and yes. kind of reminded yeah. me a little bit of that. Yeah, no, I read you. Yeah. And that yeah. was a very, like you said, a very Doctor-ish thing for her to, to do and say. So. Mm. Yeah. It just visually looks, looks great, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Really uh, Human Nature. And Family of the Blood. Oh, that's right, yeah. There you go. I've just Googled it. (laughs) Weird, terrible. Uh, So story-wise, yeah, good. Yeah, it was a good, as I said, it wasn't the the strongest storyline, was it? It wasn't, as I said, it doesn't, there is something just slightly missing. It's nothing amazing about the storyline, but it was well produced and it was, it was a good storyline, I thought. It just, yeah, yeah, it was decent. Do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the Force Awakens series 11. Force Awakens? Yeah. If you think about the Force Awakens in terms of its story and mm-hmm. plot, 
it's a well-trodden path. You're right, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. In, one would, could, you could argue that they've played it safe almost. Mm. And I feel like that's the case with Series 11 because all of the th- every time that we've reviewed an episode, we, we've alluded to the fact that, yes, it's good, but it's nothing original really. We've, we've seen a lot of these things been done before. Yeah. So that's what I think I'm trying to say. It's a well-trodden path. It's not anything groundbreaking. And do you know what I mean? I'm trying to explain. I, I it. do. No, I, I was going to say, I've just thought of a, I was just thinking back to a chat I had with um, Matthew Rowney from the Who Addict straight afterwards because he said it left him feeling nothing. And uh, I, I had a similar feeling, uh, but although I enjoyed it a lot more than him, I said to him, I really enjoyed the episode, but it, at the end of it, I didn't feel anything. In other words, there's none of that. Um, I'm thinking back to, um, I'm trying to think of another episode title now. What's the one with the master in it? Derek Jacobi. Utopia. Utopia. Yeah. Oh, you remember that ending when he locks the Dr. Tardis and all that? And just the feeling I had after that episode of just being like, OMG. Yeah. You know, I haven't felt, I didn't, I haven't felt any like that after any episode this series. (laughs) And I just kind of missed that a little bit. You know, it, you can't have it every week because otherwise it, it dilutes the feeling of, of the, you know, you can't have every episode like that. But it would be nice if we had one episode where I was left with something along the lines of that buzz of, um, wow. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Whereas at the end of this one, yeah, I enjoyed it. thought it was good, but it it was just another episode. It was just like, yeah, that was good, but I didn't feel anything. No, I read do you. Know, do you know yeah. what I mean? I read yeah. you. It's one of those because there are so many... There are so many moments like that across Eccleston, Tennant, and Smith's era mm. where afterwards you're just buzzing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you just want to talk about it with other Who fans and you want to watch it again and you, and it just stays on your mind and you, you, you come away with it thinking, crikey, this is why I love Doctor Who because it's just amazing. Because at the minute, every time an episode finishes of, from this series, whether I enjoy it or not, my overall reaction is, Oh, I wonder if next week will be better. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm always looking to next week thinking, oh, I wonder what that'll be like. Instead of thinking, God, that was really good. I can't wait for next week. It's just a case of, yeah, that was good. Uh, What's next week then? It's just, it hasn't got that momentum that I normally feel with Doctor Who, even if I enjoy an episode, you know? Yeah. I think the only time that I felt a little bit like that was Rosa. And that was because it had such an emotional oomph at the end. Mm. And I thought, wow, that was a, a may, because you and I rated that so high. Oh, so it was good. Yeah, so it was. I think after that episode, I thought, crikey, you know, that, that was a, an emotional punch to the face. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that left me feeling actually, wow, that was really good. But all the other episodes, I, exactly the same thought as you, mate. I thought, well, we've got next week. So maybe next week they're going to, really go for it and we're going to have mm-hmm. either some huge cliffhanger of some kind because i thought that they were going back to the cliffhanger system um you know like yeah. they did at the end of the woman who fell to earth and yeah i thought wow the cliffhangers are back this really is like classic who oh, it's that's right I'd, I'd actually forgotten about that because they were left floating in space yeah that was that was a, that was good actually hmm. yeah but yeah. then it's been a case of because i think when we reviewed what was it arachnids in the uk or the Saranga Conundrum, one of the two, you and I said, well, we're pretty much halfway through, so we can't keep clinging on to maybe next week, maybe next week. They've got to do it now. They've got to 
Yeah. And start putting it out of the bag. So, yeah, I think you you sort of hit the nail on the head when we when you first described your feelings on this. It's not going to be a a nine or a ten, is it? This story. No. And, and it was a decent watch. It was a great Doctor Who story, and it was great, but. And this is really, I mean, there's probably a million Doctor Who fans out there who could give us a hundred reasons why Series 11 is amazing. And they do have that buzz afterwards. And they do think mm. that, you know, Jodie is just absolutely phenomenal. Because I've seen it on Twitter. I've seen, there was um, a tweet that I saw the day before yesterday where somebody said, um, I'm so glad that Doctor Who is the best it's ever been. And it's really got me through some hard times in my life and I can't imagine life without it, you know. So some people mm. are absolutely just on cloud nine with it at the minute and that's amazing but yeah for me and i think you're the same it, it's just missing that one i can't put my finger on it it's missing no, something I can't that is is not leaving us with you know if the series ended now it would be amazing because we've had the best it's been mm. we're not having that feeling it's just that it's it's great to watch and it's good but it's i don't know it's just it's it's like a car, a car with five gears and it's only ever going to gear four. Mm. You know, it's it's just some element there that's not ratcheting it up to, oh my God, I have to rewatch that immediately feeling. That's the other thing. I was talking with our good friend and listener, Sammy Satine, and she was saying about, I think it was her anyway thinking now yeah i'm sure it was sammy and we were saying about i haven't really wanted to you know normally i'd re-watch something straight away or the next week and and i said the only reason i re-watched any of these episodes even if i've enjoyed them is because i sort of forced myself to for the podcast yeah, so even yeah. this episode which i really enjoyed if we weren't recording the podcast i probably wouldn't have watched it again for I don't know when there was no buzz to go back and originally watch it um and i think the only time I've had it this series would be the first episode. Uh, I, I, you know, I was quite excited by all the stuff mm. going on in, in that one. Uh, Woman Who Fell to Earth and Rosa. They're the only two that I've just really looked forward to going back and, and would yeah, have rewatched yeah. even if I didn't have to for the podcast sort of thing. But the others, if they were on a box set, they'd just be sat there now. They wouldn't even, you know, it's just nothing about them that makes me think, oh, God, I love that. I really need to go back and watch that. I read you. Mm. I read you, mate. And it's, um, yeah, I'll be completely honest with you because I don't think I put this on Twitter or told you or anything, but uh, last, uh, not last week because that was the Witchfinders, but the week before, Kablam, mm. uh, was out with a family and uh, the missus said to me, we should be making tracks to get home soon because Doctor Who will be on. And I said, no, nah, I'm good. Really? Yeah. Was that Kablam week? Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, I just said, no, I'm good. It's being recorded on Sky Plus, so when we get in later, I'll watch it. Yeah, see, it, should, it shouldn't be like that. I must admit, I've made a... I, I do look forward to my Sunday nights. I do look forward to watching it. Um, but it's just the... the it's almost a, a sort of... A, no, I wouldn't say scared to watch. <laughs> Each week I'm thinking, oh, please be good. Please be good. Yeah. You know, it's not a case of, oh, yeah, Doctor Who's on tonight cannot wait it's more a case of oh Doctor Who's on tonight I hope it's good you know what I mean but yeah. I, I, I do look forward to my Sunday nights I'm, I am glad they moved it to a Sunday I really am yeah I know yeah me too and I yeah. don't get me wrong I'm usually you know queued up in front of the TV but I, I know and, what you're saying yeah, yeah. But it was just that particular vibe with, with Series 11 and you know 
I'm just... I do. Yeah, anyways. Uh, let's talk about some cast members. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did you think to... Um, the so the I'm looking at the list of, and the first one that's come up is Alfonso. Alfonso. And did he actually get any lines? He just got shot. I think he? he got. Did he one say something? Line. I think one that line. was it. Yeah, one line. He Poor was, Alfonso. Yeah, he was my protector. <laughs> yeah. See you later, Alfonso. <laughs> oh yeah. dear. Um, Alfonso and there's another guy, Smithy. I think his name was. Who was Smithy? No, I think he was just one of the kings. All right. One of his okay. lackeys. Um, but yeah, those two were just in period dress, not really doing much, really, were they? Yeah, yeah. they remember Smithy. What about um, the the Twiston family then? So we had young uh, Willa, and then we had old mother Twiston, who was being uh, accused of being a witch at the beginning of the story, the one being dunked. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I recognised her from somewhere. Um, Trisha Kelly, the old... Yeah, she's very familiar. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was, thought she was good actually. Uh, again, the performance-wise, I thought uh, the, the cast were quite strong this week. So, yes, I thought she was good. Old Mother Twiston. Yeah, um, she looked proper terrified when she was about to be dunked, probably because she was a, about to be dunked in some freezing dunked, cold water. Yeah. But um, yeah, she was good. She made a good zombie as well, didn't she? She looked really. She was cool. Yeah, because you know sometimes when you whack on that zombie makeup, actors can. Sometimes go a bit OTT. <laughs> oh, but I thought she was good. I thought she looked, looked proper scary. Yeah, without going a bit too much, you know. Yeah, and the other witches as well. I haven't obviously got any names for the supporting cast, but the other mm. reanimated witchy, they all moved with a sort of horrible yeah. uh, sort of way, you know, to quite authentic. Because there's no mm. rules, is there? You know, if you're a, if you're a woman that's been reanimated by a mud alien, <laughs> you know, there's no rule book to say how you should act that or how you should be. So yeah. it was really cool just because they moved like their hands were like in a horrible sort of pose and it was that really well with, done. Yeah. That bit with her hands, again, that would have been CGI. You know, when Jodie says, oh, it's 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 running all through you and you saw that shot of her hands, that was a great bit of CGI as well. It was like all this, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what it was supposed to be, all this sort of liquid running across her and that was that was pretty good. Oh, before we get on to any more characters, use yeah. of the Sonic, better or worse this week? I feel mm. like she didn't use it as much. She didn't use it as much, did she? No. No, no, it was better this week, yeah. I think there was one bit where, there was a couple of bits where I was like, oh, here it is again. But no, it, it wasn't it wasn't as bad this week, was it? She used it to, she did do something in it that I thought, oh, God. But um, <laughs> no, it wasn't too bad. It really wasn't. It was toned down a bit, yeah. Oh, yeah, she was trying to read the 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 readings on uh, Tilly, wasn't she? And then she used it to sort of, I thought she'd save the day with it at the end, but I don't think she did actually. I misunderstood the end in the first time I watched it because I wasn't sure what she shoved in the tree at the end. I was like, what's she oh, just done? Right. I didn't, I, even on the second watch, I'm still not very clear on that, to be honest with you. But um, but no, use of the Sonic, yeah, it, it was better this week, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about Becca Savage then? Siobhan Finneran. Oh, I really liked her. I thought she was fantastic, actually. I thought she really brought the episode up. Um, She's got a good line between being sort of evil, but also you sort of... I think she's just just a good actress. I just really sort of bought into her performance. Um, And she played the scary version incredibly well. Mm -hmm. Like, proper scary stuff. Um, But she was also quite fragile as well. You know, when she sort of had that 
was it supposed to be blood running down her face from her eye or something? And oh, yeah, yeah. The doctor was saying, tell me, Becca, what's wrong with you? And all this sort of stuff. You could sort of see the fragile side to her that she wasn't all that bad, but, you know, it all gone wrong. Um, so I thought she was excellent. Really, really good performance from her. No, I agree. I think she... Yeah? Yeah, it was one of those performances where she was 100% taking it seriously. Oh, definitely. You know, brought into her role just... So nat- it just felt like she was really naturally playing the hard done by um, trying to cover. Essentially, I think the story is she's getting rid of all the women accused of witchcraft because she's so paranoid because she knows something's wrong inside, you know. She's, yeah, because I wasn't yeah. sure. Again, the first I watched that, I was thinking, why are all these other people been mm-hmm. murdered? I wasn't 100% sure on the story. Um, what, yeah. what, why she was doing it to begin with. I'm still not 100% sure, really, but I thought she was perfect casting, though. Yes. Absolutely perfect for that role. I loved it when King James first walked in, and she's, I think she got, she got a bit of a thing for him or what, because she seemed to be like, oh, oh, hello. <laughs> she, she seemed to sort of, her, her whole mannerism turned from being really, a really sort of um, sharp, you know, savage woman to being like, oh, hello, King James. And I, I liked that. I thought it was a really nice way she just switched. <laughs> You know, the coldness suddenly disappeared and she was all... Yeah, I think know, it was so. plain to see she's barking up the wrong tree now. I think so. But yeah, she was great. Um, <laughs> she was really good. I just want, I just want to go back to um, Tilly as well, Will, Willa Twiston. Oh, yeah. I thought she gave a lovely little performance as well as the... the supposed to be cousins, weren't they? Is that what it was? Yes, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, old mother Twiston's... Uh, you know, thing. So yeah, I thought she gave a lovely performance as well. Again, giving a, a a straight performance rather than, you know, what I consider to be sort of theatre acting, which I thought we got a lot of last week with Kablam. Everyone seemed to be just taking it up ten notches, and um, no, she played it really straight, and I thought it was really good. No, I agree. A really nice yeah. little scene where they go into her little cottage and yeah, and uh, she offers her the drink of something or soup, whatever. Mm. And because there were a couple of moments where you thought, are they witches? You know, are they actually, you know, because yeah. she's like, oh, I could be a witch sort of thing. And mm. I think the doctor can see quite clearly that she wasn't and and stuff. And those little interactions with the doctor was really cool. I thought she had a cracking performance, actually. Tilly Steele yeah. as Willa. I did. I thought yeah. she was very good. Yeah. Uh, go on, get on to it. Go <laughs> on. You're dying to. Alan Cumming then. King James. Oh. I'm confused by this. So am I. I'm confused. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I'm not sure if I'm I'm not sure on whose decision it was for Alan Cumming to play it in this way. <laughs> Whether it was written that way when Joy Wilkinson said, Look, King James, I want him to be this very campy, over the top, you know, theatre style. I want you to play it like that. Or even the director, maybe, Sally Abrahamian. I think was it those was it sort of intended within the story and the directing that they wanted it that way. Or did Alan Cumming just rock up on set and just thought, I'm going to have so much fun with this. And they that, just loved it and went that. with it. I, I think that. Yeah, I do. I mean, who's going to tell him not to? <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> I've got to say, I I really enjoyed his performance, but I'm also sort of in conflicting. I'm conflicting with myself because it was so... Everyone else is playing it so straight that really he should. I sort of is it's like he's in another episode. I'm thinking I shouldn't really like it because as soon as he waltzed in, he kind of. I mean, he was chewing the scenery like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> it was such a hammy performance, and it was so over the top compared to everyone else's playing it straight down the line. You know, yeah. 
so I shouldn't like it, but I do. I do like it. I mean, it was so ridiculous, but I do. But the other thing is, and I've reasoned with it on a second watch. The thing is, I think in a way it kind of needed it because it was such a serious, dark episode and everyone in it is playing it so straight. It was kind of nice just to have him there to just lighten the mood a bit, you know? I mean, the performance was over the top, but, but it also just, it did sort of lighten the atmosphere in an incredibly dark episode. So I, yeah, it's a bit of a guilty pleasure. I, I just sort of loved him, but kept thinking, oh my God, he's so over the top, you know? Especially the scenes with Ryan and stuff. Oh, and he's like, I'm going to keep my eye on you. And he puts that little badge on him. and Yeah, and at the end where he says, come with me back to London. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ryan, he just, yeah, he's got his number. But I've I, I, I got to say, I don't know about you, but I, I just, I, I couldn't help but enjoy the performance, even though it was just somewhat, <laughs> it was one of the hammiest performances ever it does kind of remind me of some of the performances we've had in classic who though think of Collins yeah yeah David Collins and um (laughs) who's the guy in the the um oh I don't know I keep forgetting the stories but it's kind of traditional you know yeah so yeah I don't really have a problem with it 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 did at first take me out the story a little bit I will be honest when he the first watch when he first come in I was like, oh, blimey he's being so over the top (laughs) but second time I just really just kind of loved it really so i don't know what did you think mate <laughs> yeah it's um it's a weird one because as a performance it's absolutely brilliant <laughs> do you know what i mean as him playing the him playing it in that way is just genius yeah because it's unexpected because it's such a dark story he yeah. just waltzes in and just immediately takes charge of the whole show with this hammy campy performance which is great it's so good and on another, on the other hand, it feels like he's been sort of picked up out of a comedy series like Blackadder or something. A lot of people said Blackadder, and didn't just they? Wonked into Doctor Who. It's almost like when he came in, and the first sort of minute that he was in the show, in the episode, yeah, I felt like what what is this now? What is what is this episode? <laughs> is it like Carry On Witchfinders or something? <laughs> yeah, I, it was. It was very yeah. <laughs> so it's a real conflict because in a way, it's brilliant. You know, Alan Cumming is so good and the way he plays it is brilliant. But on the other hand, does it suit the story? No. But does it provide a bit of comic relief out of all the dark stuff that's going on? Yes, so that's good. But then it's yeah. too hammy, but then that's good because, do you know what I mean? It's a real to and throw argument within myself about whether I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, it, it's so weird. I, I love it because it's, it's just so unique and, mm. and brilliant. But I, a part of me thinks like it, it sort of brings you out of the tone of the story. It, it definitely a was a different yeah. tone. It definitely <laughs> did, especially as I said, especially at first watch. Um, the, the person I was trying to compare him to um, was uh, Graham Crowden uh, in the in the Horns of Nymon. You know, he gives that really <laughs> over the top. Because there's that famous scene, isn't it, where he dies and you he starts some laughing. Yes, him. <laughs> Yeah, it's even better than Pussy. Um, so it kind of reminded me of that. You know, I was thinking, you know, you, you got to give a bit of slack. the Yes. Yeah. Three. So in that, <laughs> so in that sense, I can forgive it because, you know, we got that sort of stuff in Classic Who. So, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Such a good comparison as well. Because you met us Pussy. You must have blasphemed the Daimon. 
It's making me want to watch that now. How many? Oh, that that YouTube video, that remix is brilliant. How many Nymons? How many Nymons? If anyone hasn't seen this, (laughs) go on YouTube and search for how many Nymons. It's just a work of genius, yeah. (laughs) So Alan Cumming, I think, yeah, for his performance as an actor, as a character actor, Mm. just faultless, brilliant. Yeah, and he is a great actor. I mean, (laughs) if he wanted to, he could have played it straight. You know, he could have played it a lot. I don't mean straight in the character, but he could have played it a lot more like the other actors. Yeah. But he decided to ham it up. Um, and I think he got away with it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. His accent slipped a little bit, though, didn't it, at times? <laughs> Just a little bit. The old Scottish come through a few uh-huh. times, I noticed. But, you know, yeah, not bothered about things like that. Yeah. He's a great actor, yeah. though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, TARDIS team, Team TARDIS, whatever. Yeah, Team TARDIS. So... I thought it was the first week where the companions did actually stand aside a little bit and have the Doctor shine through some. Yes, I'd agree with that. Which yeah. is good. Because all the episodes up to now, it's been a case of, well, this is about Yaz's backstory or this is Ryan's story. Mm. We haven't seen too much with Graham. He's been, I would say, the in the furthest of the back seats, I would say, out of the three companions. Because all of his story was kind of fleshed out in the first episode. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. You know, yeah. so we haven't really had to see much of, or well, we haven't been exposed to any of his other than where we picked up with him in, in episode one. Yeah. So it was good that all three of them were, you know, still had a relative role, I would say, but it wasn't about them per se. It was more about the Doctor doing her thing, so... That was pretty cool. And I thought the performances were pretty good. I thought they were, we said this, I think, on, on every episode, that mm. there's at least one of them that looks a bit bored. And I think yeah. in this one, in this one, I think it was um, it was Ryan to me. He did look a little bored. And he had some nice scenes with uh, the king. Yeah. He had some nice little moments, but he did look a bit bored, yeah. Other than yeah. that, yeah, he didn't really do anything. Because I think uh, Yaz, she heads off on her own back to the village to check on Willa and that's where they she discovers the mud tentacle thing and that's right and she's a lot more she's got that caring heart doesn't she she interacts with Willa a lot more and stuff and yeah. obviously Graham he has a you know he gets appointed sort of chief witch finder because the sonic paper sort of throws the doctor under the bus so he gets that's right he gets the new hat which is very fetching he gets promoted to sort of chief uh witch finder so he's you know he's loving every minute of it by the look of it mm. but in essence though the doctor does have the bulk of stuff to do which is how it arguably how it should be not every week but you know in in most most stories i would say yeah i think it was welcomed this week i think she's she has been kind of a bit bogged down some weeks with yeah. this big tardis team yeah. and uh, she hasn't been allowed to shine much so yeah definitely allowed for her to come more to the fore um graham was great in the big hat uh, <laughs> he had some great scenes i thought um and uh, yeah it's a nice little scene between him and ryan as well when uh the king was going through his box of tricks and they were trying to sort of be <laughs> subtle yeah. uh, but ended up being incredibly unsubtle and uh, yeah so nice scenes between those guys as well and nice scene between yaz and um tilly as well so they got their little moments and mm. i think they worked well um but it was nice to see them taking a bit of a back seat and letting the doctor come through to the fore a bit more yeah yeah so jody then well what? i thought she was great this week i really did um it's she the was writing, written, mate. I'm convinced it is it's the, the writing. writing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. 
gosh, yeah, she was so much stronger. Like when she when she first got out of the water and and confronted um, Becca Savage, mm-hmm. and she was like, "I'll tell you who I am." And I did worry for a second they were going to slightly undo it because she was like, "I'm, uh, I'm." I was like, "Oh no, don't just." come out with it but but they saved it it was all right it wasn't uh it wasn't like a blam where she questioned herself it's just that she was looking for a psychic paper but no she was so much stronger that that scene where she was tied up she was great mm-hmm. you know she really did show that she can act really well what when the, the king's right. talking to her when she's when she was tied up and she's he's you know she's like sort of saying um you know you need to sort of stop you know, you need to stop punishing other people because of what's happened to you oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that. And, you know, and mm-hmm. he's like, uh, you're hiding behind stuff. And he's, he was like, well, you're hiding behind the doctor, aren't you? And all this sort of stuff. So I thought that was a great scene. And it really showed, you know, that she's she's got the acting chops on her. I never doubted it. I just, you know, I just haven't seen enough of it this series. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really thought she was great this week. Um, uh, th- on a first watch, there were a couple, because there's a couple of bits in this story where she comments on being a woman. Um, because of the sort of storyline that we're, we're dealing with here anyway, it was appropriate, but there was on the first watch of thought, there was one too many. I think there was another bit where she came out and said, Oh, if I was a man, I wouldn't have to do all that. And on the first oh, watch, okay. I was thinking, Oh, another one, you know, it's one another, but actually on a, on the second watch, I kind of got it because, you know, this was a story about women being repressed and witches not. So I kind of got it. And, um, yeah, it just felt a little clunky on a first watch. I don't know if you know what I mean. She yeah, sort of, yeah. she kept sort of yeah. coming out with it. I was thinking, oh, okay. Um, but it it did work actually watching it again. Uh, but yeah, I, I I just thought she was much better this week. Really did like her performance. The only, the only if I had to nitpick, um, I get a bit annoyed when they write her childlike. So at the very start, she's like Apple Bobbin. Oh, I love Apple Bobbin. And I thought, oh god, here we go. You know, and and, and in Kablam, she's like, oh, I want to ride the, want to ride the, what do you call it, <laughs> conveyor belt. belt hey! yeah. And I'm thinking, don't write her like a ten year old, because uh, when you take that <laughs> stuff away and you get down to her, you know, other the, the rest of the episode, she's so strong in it. It just, you know, it just shows how good the Doctor could be. I think so. Yeah, yeah. very good this week. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on it. I think she, I think the way she was written was a lot more truer to how I feel Jodie wants to play her doctor as well. Yeah. Because we had hardly, well, we didn't have any of the speak at a thousand miles an hour techno sci-fi no. techie chat because, you know, there wasn't anything like that to discuss anyway. But we didn't have any of that. And she was had some cool elements as well. She played like the investigator very well when yeah. she was snooping around the house and she finds the napkins. And, she and the little mud that. in the jar bit. I like yeah. that bit. So she played that very well. Really, really cool. And those, a couple of key scenes. So when she was chained up and about to be dunked, you know, that scene was really good for her. The scene with the king when she was tied up was really good. And the scene where uh, the king comes into the room and, yeah, they look through the whole box of tricks and he's trying to figure out who they are. And that's Mm. that line, like, if I was a bloke, I'd have had this all. I'll be on my way. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the episode being what it was kind of saved those. I mean, I, I absolutely they were intentional with those lines, but the the, mm. the storyline, like you say, and the time period, it kind of saved those lines really. Because if they would have put if they were put into a different story, like if she had have said that stuff last week or whatever, it would have been like, oh, here we go, a bit clunky, a little bit clunky. It's like, yeah, we get mm. it. We're episode eight now. We get it. She's a woman. You, know, mm. you don't have to, you know. Come on, Beeb. You don't have to reinforce it anymore. So yeah. I think it was because of the time period and the storyline and stuff. 
you know, it was suited enough that it didn't feel like preachy, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's it. it uh, there was a couple of moments where she just really shone for me in this this particular story. Um, and sometimes she just this is what I love about the other doctors as well. Sometimes they just need to do it with a look. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I haven't felt much of that from Jodie's doctor, but we got it this week. Yes. There was that scene yeah. at the end where she's in the rain, oh, and, God, uh, and yeah. old, old King James has just killed uh, just killed old um, Savage. And it's just that shot of her just smouldering in the rain, looking at him as if like you. And I thought, yeah, that's great. You know, that's that's I love stuff like that. that it just shows favorites. the underlying, yeah. you know, take away all the oh, I'm just talking fast because I'm nervous sort of stuff. That you know, the doctor's actually got it all going on yeah. underneath, and he doesn't need to say anything. It's just there in a look. So love that scene, and uh, love the little scene at the end where she was talking to him as she was going into the TARDIS, and old Graham does his. Um, quotes Tarantino I thought that was wonderful yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and and then she came out with that little speech I, I can't remember what she was quoting but that was a lovely end to the episode I thought really nice moment and a good one for her oh that was distinguishing between technology and magic or something that's it really nice yeah yeah that scene you mentioned though where it's just her and that in and it's raining and you know when they go to the the tree stump on the hill yeah you know the climax and yeah that scene just, yeah, the direction for that and the look and feel and stuff, that was like, crikey, Moses. Mm. She, me, like, yeah. that When you said, like, jody has got the acting chops, but we just haven't seen enough of it. There's that one scene there. It was only, like, six seconds or something. Yeah. But for me, that was, like, crikey. That just amazing. Love yeah, that bit. Yeah, it's, it's just yeah. conveying something in a look. If you can do that, you know, it's 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 pretty special. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I haven't got anything else on acting stuff. One thing I did want to mention was that the score again by Segan was, especially in the first half of the episode, was really good, like scary, mm. creepy music. That guy just nailed this. Yeah, I loved it because <laughs> like, he's kind of using the same sort of chords and stuff, but what he's doing is he's changing the sort of style and the and the instrument sound so <laughs> to, to, to fit the episode. So it almost had a slightly folky... Yes. violin-y yep. soundtrack and it just uh, um, it just really suited really suited the episode well but still sticking to his style of, of music I thought it was great yeah really liked it very really creepy good. yeah um, and uh, and quite sparse mm-hmm. in places as well there was just like I don't know if it's a violin actually but sometimes you just get like a stroke of you know like just <laughs> hovering in the background there it just underlines the tension I thought it was great yeah so that's got that I think that's exactly what any TV show needs really. It, it needs to be the story needs to be supported mm. by like the music and atmosphere and stuff. It doesn't need to be. I think we said this before, but some of Murray Gold's music and uh, that's not Murray Gold's fault though, because he's mm. just composed the music based on the script or the story. I think it's when it's been put together afterwards that the editors or what a director have put it in a bit strong at times. Mm. but I think with every episode I've not once thought oh god that was overpowering or turn the music down or whatever it's just always been just there supporting the story and the atmosphere so yeah no I thought it was good especially you ramped up the volume when in the dunking scenes at the start and Jodie's yes you know especially Jodie's I think if I remember rightly it really sort of built up because you were seeing Graham going you know stop it stop it and it was I I seem to remember the music built really well so Yeah. yeah No, no uh, qualms with the score again this week. It was great. Anything else, mate, before we score this? Uh, no, I thought the direction was good. Uh, you know, like I said, the scenes where the 
the zombies. What, what do we want to call them? Zombie witches? Zombie, yeah. Zombie grannies? Zombie grannies. Yeah, zombie witches. <laughs> zombie grannies. Yeah. You know, like the scene where they, the camera panned round and they were all stood behind them was done very well. And, and the swooping shots. And like you said, the sparse shots of trees that were just yeah. sort of in there just to set atmosphere. It was very nicely directed, I thought. Very. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. Joy Wilkinson, please come back and write some more. Yeah, Doctor definitely. Who. Yeah. 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 Very good. It's a good, good script from her, I thought. Yeah. Uh, right, scores. I think it's me to go first, and I am going to give this. Um, no, I had one score written down. Oh, as we so, uh, what did you have written down? Well, I had a seven point five written down. Okay, but I'm wondering if I should up that to an eight because <laughs> I did think it was a really good story. Mm. Like one, of, I'm going to give it an eight. Yeah, I'm going to go with the gut feeling. Give it an eight. You're going to give it an eight. I, I I've got a score written down. Uh, and I'm going to stick to it. Uh, and it's also an eight. Oh, right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was a bit like you in, in the middle when it slowed a little. I was thinking, is it a seven? Is it a 7.5? I would never have dropped below a seven with this story. But um, I think because of the little moments with Jody, especially the ones we've just mentioned, I think it brings it up uh, to an eight. Yeah. I thought it was a good, solid episode. I'm sure. just looking at our previous scores, actually. So, Kablam, we vote, we scored quite low. Demons of Punjab, eight and nine. Yeah, so it puts it on par with... Have we given any other story an 8? No, we've given... No, it's gone. Um, well, Woman Who Fell to Earth, I gave it an 8.5. Yeah. And The Ghost Monument, we both gave it a 7. And then other than that, it's either been below 8 or above, so... Mm. Yeah. Good score, though. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Definitely. I think it's one, when we get the box set out, it's one that I'll definitely watch among... Sorry, other over others in the series put it that way yeah definitely same righty what do our listeners think uh, we had uh, another uh, stack of audio reviews in which is really cool the excellent big, the big blue box audio reviewers audio club <laughs> thing let's kick off uh, someone you might recognise hey Gary and Adam beef here well the witch finders be honest I had high hopes for this but Again, it's a slow start and a rushed end, and it's bogged down with the constant exposition, just repeating the same explanations of what's going on. Flashes of potential from Jodie, but you know, she's always self-sabotaging for the sake of a cheap joke. The costumes and visuals are great again, but it's a by the numbers, it's an average episode, and it's let down by inconsistent writing. Um, the same as other weeks, you know, de- just develop the story. There was a load of walks in the forest and just conversations. Alan Cummings wasted as a clown for... The first half of the story, I'm frustrated every week. It just seems like a troll running, trying to get Jodie's doctor right, and it's falling short. She just blends in and gets lost in the crowd. It shouldn't be down to Graham to let us know where we are or what happened in history. That's the doctor's job. Feels like we're getting the pilot season for the real season 11. Um, they're struggling to give 13 any character or identity, so it's making things feel a bit generic. I'm tired of saying each week it's fine or OK, and maybe next week will be better, but there's still no well move moment. Uh, to wrap up, it was a very small step in the right direction with Becca Savage as a female antagonist and the Ailey Morakt. But it's the same pitfalls each week and the guest cast again and it's trying the regular crew. So I've got to give this five muddy wellies out of ten. See ya. Old Beefy. Oh, my good friend Tim Beef. I'm going to give Tim a big hug when I next see him because he's not, he's, he desperately wants to like Series 11, but he <laughs> is just not feeling it. Yeah. Um, and we, we, we chat quite a bit in the week and in, in the witch in the week, <laughs> we chat quite a bit of witch in the week. And, um, 
yeah i i do know what uh what he's saying you know i do agree with a lot of him uh a lot of what he's saying but uh yeah big hug coming your way next time we're at the bar mr beef indeedy cheers beef yeah. uh, let's crack on this is sammy from down under G'day, Gary and Adam Semi-Satine here. So, the Witchfinders, well, I like King James. I didn't like the zombies. I think my big problem with Series 11 is that all the episodes have been about the same. No one has done anything to shake it up or show us a decent threat. The companions haven't had their lives threatened. And to be honest, I'm just watching it because it's Doctor Who. Also, because I'm really enjoying Whovians afterwards. I think... I think Jodie is a great actress, but as much as I support 13, I think she hasn't reached the point where she's the doctor like all the others. I feel like I'm missing something, and I really don't know what it is. Anyway, I give it 7 witches out of 10, and I really like stories about witches too. Anyway, see ya. Sammy. I really, do you know, I really thought Sammy was going to like this week. Yeah, I thought, yeah. Yeah, I thought, oh, it'll be, you know, with the scares and stuff, but, oh, no. There we go. Thank you, though, Sammy. There we are. Thanks, Sammy. Uh, one of our Twitter uh, mentioners, uh, this is Rotide. Hello, Gary and Adam. This is Elliot, a.k.a. Rotide, and The Witchfinders was a phenomenal episode, wasn't it? I mean, I thought it was outstanding. The acting from everybody, the plot was just brilliant. We had a scary villain that wanted to take over the world. There was some backstory crammed in there, which allowed us to kind of understand who these villains are, which I thought worked really well. Judy, Judy's performance was just on point. She stood her ground. No one was listening to her, and I thought that was a really good kind of part to the story, because she really had to defend herself every step of the way. Graham, Loved the heart. Ryan and Yaz just they did a good job. And overall, I thought this episode was brilliant. I'd give this episode about a 8.5 out of 10. 8.5. Excellent. Oh, so it's really nice to put a voice to the to the name, isn't it? Rotide. I've seen, seen that on our Twitter so many times. Yeah, yeah. yeah cool. Thanks, Rotide. Thank you, Thank mate. Thank you very much. Uh, right, Ian from Ian Stevens. Ian from France. Is it Ian from France? I thought he'd gone. No, because he had a, a real... I know. I thought he'd, I thought he'd smashed his TV up and yeah, um, he sellotaped it back together. Well, let's have a, let's have a listen and see what he thinks. Okay, yeah. Well, that's better. The demons of the Punjab were so bad it made me want to set fire to my face. Then last week, a radical improvement continued with this week's episode. <laughs> let's look at the positives. The witches, proper gory, nasty-looking monsters with the potential to scare the living shoot out of young children. Great. That's what Doctor Who should be. A nice blend of historical references and sci-fi concepts. A message that was both poignant and pertinent. Women aren't rubbish, folks. Stop treating them badly. All but the most mentally enfeebled can get on board with that, surely. It was fun. Alan Cummings was pretty poor. I think he might have been hungry. How else do we explain his insistence on chewing all of the scenery? And what the hell was going on with that accent? The writer's constant insistence on undercutting the doctor's authority. Every time she does something strong, they force her to say or do something silly to downplay it. It's becoming a pattern and not one that I approve of. Ryan still can't act. I mean, at all. 
He sounds like he hasn't even seen his lines before and he's reading them off an auto cue on the spur <laughs> of the moment. He's rubbish. But overall, the show is back on form. Seven out of ten. Oh, an eight out of ten for Kablam. Ian is happy. Alors, c'est Sufi. Je parle trop déjà. A bientôt, mes amis. Bonne semaine. Ian's back. Ian's back. Yeah, he's loving it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, oh, anyone dear. that wants to um, hear a review that will have you in stitches for at least an hour, go back to episode 209, I think, listen to Ian's review of um, <laughs> Demons of the Punjab. It's just something yeah. else. But I'm glad Ian's back on board. We're, we're, yeah, it's always good. I always love it when we we see a little audio review drop in from you, Ian. We always know we're in for a treat. Indeed, yes. Keep the train going. This is TardetNet66. Yeah. Hello, Gary and Adam from the Big Rewalks podcast. Now, I forgot to send in an audio clip for Kablam, so I'm going to try and summarise my thoughts on the two episodes as fast as I can. Now, I really loved Kablam. It had an atmospheric setting and had really creepy robots, and I really like how it questioned technology in the workplace, but I like how it may it had an important message, as it showed it's not technology the problem, but how if we use it. The Witchfinders I liked, but not nearly as much as the other historical episodes in this series. I really liked Alan Cullen as King James, who I thought was fantastic, and I enjoyed how it showed um, um, the 13th Doctor and it addressed the gender issue as she's confronting the prejudice of the past. But I did think that the villain was kind of dull and the ending was kind of rushed. There we go. Excellent. Yeah, good thoughts. I agree. Two for one. Well, apart from the Kablam, but yeah, I agree. <laughs> Why uh, do we not like Kablam? I feel like we're not in the Kablam club, mate. We've, yeah. <gasps> yeah. The bouncers have just turned us away. No. Yeah. <laughs> we're here for Kablam. Your name's not yeah. down. <laughs> Last audio clip. This is from the Who Addicts. Matt Rowney. Hey. hey there, Gary and Adam. I hope you two are well. Now, The Witchfinders. This was an interesting episode for me because on first watch, I wasn't really a fan of it. And I just, I, I come out with the episode, like Gary said last week about Kablam, I just, I felt indifferent and I didn't feel any emotion towards the episode after first viewing. You know, the phone come out halfway through, I was a little bit bored, I wasn't engaged in the episode at all. But... A rewatch did it so many favours for me. I appreciated it a lot more on rewatch, and I thought it was much, much better. Um, I thought the story itself, you know, I'm not a big fan of fantasy, but I thought the story was quite good. Had a slight classic vibe about it as well, I thought. Um, the Doctor, I thought Jodie nailed it this week. This was her at her best so far. She just seemed a lot more confident in the role, comfortable with the dialogue. I was glued to her. I just think she was the centrepiece of the episode, and she did feel like the Doctor for me. King James is a difficult one for me because... I appreciate how brilliant Alan Cummings' performance was as King James. You know, his performance was amazing. And I thought when toned down, he was absolutely incredible. But when he was a little bit, I don't know, a little bit camp, a little trying to be funny, a little bit cringy, I just I wasn't a fan of his character in some of the other scenes. I just thought he was like he was dragged straight off of, of a pantomime or something. Um but other than that, I thought he was amazing. As soon as Morlax appeared, it sort of took the episode in a completely different direction. I thought that the reveal was a little bit, you know, of an anti-climax. She looked boring. She looked generic. Yeah, overall, the Witchfinders, 
Better on second watch, still some things that I think could have been better, but overall I enjoyed it, so I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Nice one, Matt. A 7, yes. I just want to give a big um, shout out to to Liv from The Who Addicts as well, a big hug to Liv, because she's received some really horrible and personal uh, attacks on YouTube this week that have been so uncalled for and unnecessary. So big hug, Liv. I know you listen to the show, and uh, don't listen to them. We all love you. We do love you, yeah. Liv's, Liv's a strong a strong yeah she can handle it she can handle it yeah just yeah don't let it get to you mm. uh, right audio clips done um, from you guys thank you so much let's have a quick breeze through some of the socials over on Twitter uh, Craig Matthews said the first 50 minutes I feared it was going to be another dud uh, but then it started to become more exciting and by the end I really enjoyed even if it odd in places Ryan and James had me in stitches with their dialogue 7.5 Cool. Uh, our writer Jordan Shortman says, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The whole witch hunt hysteria is a period of history which fascinates me. So I loved it for that. And I loved how it ties in uh, with the Pendle witches. The monsters were very creepy and the whole cast, main and guest, were on top form. Just a fantastic episode. Awesome. Uh, the Hooniverse says, Alan Cumming was wonderfully charming and angry and darker 13, which is great. An alien enemy, gorgeous cinematography. Uh, the prop TARDIS is heart. And an interesting story. Entertaining for me. Completely four stars. Yeah, TARDIS looked lovely, didn't it? It did, yes. Mm. Uh, Spencer Shively says, one of the better episodes this season, but not my absolute favourite. Loved Alan Cumming. He was wonderful in this. Liked how we got an actual alien threat and mm. we still got the the human villain and I thought that worked out very nicely. Eight out of ten. Time Lord 0902 says, Killer Mud. Seriously, question mark. <laughs> Maybe in the last episode we discover that Graham and Jody switch bodies and he is really the Doctor. One can only hope. Oh, Why dear. do I bother subjecting myself to this shell of a once great show? <gasps> a two out of ten. Oh, oh dear. Oh, dear. Uh, Edward uh, Giluli says, this was much more like it. Creepy monsters, great guest stars and a thoroughly entertaining romp. Jodie's most authoritative performance yet. Plus, finally, the Doctor visits Lanks. <laughs> mm. uh, eight King James's witch pokers out of ten. Oh, yeah, that blimmin' stick thing he had is horrible. A witch poker, mm. yes. Uh, Joshua van der Slys, or van der Sloos, says, I enjoyed this episode. The monsters were creepy until the main Morax queen showed up and was let down after that. Um, Jodie and Alan Cummings were great performances. Uh, the companions uh, were given okay things to do. I give it a 5.5. 5.5, okay. Yes. Uh, over on Facebook, uh, Jessica Leffelman. Uh, good episode, but the villains seemed a bit weak in my opinion, and they dispatched them much too quickly. All that build up and bam, defeated. Well, it was um, a quick wrap up, yeah. But the actors were great. Loved Alan Cumming as King John. And that musical score, all that violin was beautiful. Uh, mm. I give it 8 out of 10. Cool. And again, BBC America did not give us a next time trailer. Really? We, oh to be honest, you didn't miss much. If you blinked, you'd have missed it. Yeah, it was seconds. about 10 seconds yeah. long. <laughs> uh, Luke East says, uh, a good ep, still not up there with Rosa. Uh, not much of a villain again. Jeff Waddle says, the three historicals have easily been the best by far. Mm. This was brilliant, but much, uh, but better than much of what's come before. Alan Cumming was over the top. It could have easily been a disaster, yet somehow it works. Yeah, uh, There were times you could almost see that they were trying to do with Jodie, but she's just not there yet. And that's pretty poor for eight episodes in. Uh, but a 7.5. Cool. Cheers, Jeff. Miles McKenzie. I absolutely love this story. 
Whilst at first I thought Alan Cumming was over the top, it turns out James I was actually like that. Uh, Very much works in the story, and I hope we get to see him again. He had some one-liners that made me laugh too. Like the Morax and find them quite memorable. The TARDIS team and guest stars were all great this week too. Goes on to give it a 9.5. Ooh, strong. Zach Jenkin, everyone saying Satan every two minutes drove me mad. Uh, A weak villain, just meh, like most of the series so far in my opinion. Oh, Zach. Jason Thayer says, kind of dull. Monsters were good. Four out of ten. And Lou Gallagher says, interesting premise that seemed a bit bogged down. But that's far from bad. I think it's Jodie's best performance yet, even if the writing for her Doctor is still a bit generic. Uh, I liked Alan Cumming and Siobhan Finneran in this episode, despite their rather hammy performances. Uh, Villains could have been more interesting, but they were just resolved too easily. Uh, Seven out of ten. Seven, okay. Yes. Um, did you have a positive yeah, yeah, or a negative vibe? No, on? it was very mixed this week on Geek's Handbag. Um, I had about 30 comments, I think, overall. And it, yeah, it, just a real split this episode. I was quite surprised. I thought it was going to be a real positive reaction after um, after I went on on Sunday. But I'd say it's about 60-40 liked it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Not too bad. Not too bad. Yes. Okay. Uh, right. Um, next week, we're going to continue the, um, the Series 11 episodes, obviously. Uh, what is it next week? So, yeah, gosh, can you believe we're saying this? Episode 9 of 10. <laughs> Blimey. Yeah. And it's called It Takes You Away. Strange title, isn't it? Yeah. Now, I think out of all of Series 11, this is the one that has, in, has got me intrigued out of all of them. Is it? Yeah, because the title is quite... It's not your. It's not what you would expect. It's not your usual descriptive title. That might sound weird because mm. it takes you away. Obviously, insinuates that you're going to be taken away. What I mean is, it it opens up so many questions about what it means. And the trailer was a little bit. You know, it just didn't reveal anything really. No, the so, synopsis. I've got to be honest. I I don't. I really hope I'm wrong about this because I've got nothing to go on. Really, I just don't have a good feeling about it. I've got a feeling it's going to be filler. I don't know why. I don't. I just. I think it's because we haven't been given much to go on, and I just hope actually that by next week I'm like, ah, oh, that was brilliant. I'm really hoping for a good, creepy episode. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, the trailer once again gave us nothing, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, literally gave us nothing. Um, yeah. I don't know. I hope it's. I hope it's a good one. I really do because obviously we've only got two episodes left now, and uh, the final is written by Chibbers. It's got the most ridiculous title as well. Um, so I hope I hope it's good. Yeah, it takes you away. It is intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this one, I'm, I'm you on got the, a good feeling. the other side of the fence. Yeah, I okay, think this cool. one is going to be a, a good one because the synopsis is relatively creepy. It's on the edge of a Norwegian Ford in the present day, uh, the doctor and the team uh, discover a boarded up cottage and a girl named Hannah in need of their help what has happened and what monster lurks in the woods around the cottage and beyond. Mm, that does sound good. It, yeah. So I think it might have a, well, it sounds like it's going to have a similar vibe to Witchfinders. So I think this one could be pretty good. We've was, had a lot of yeah. um, forest in series 11, haven't we? They're really making the most of that, of that forest, <laughs> <laughs> which is a thing. But yeah, I, I hope it's good. Well, yeah, we hope so. So next week. We shall we shall find out. Yeah, we'll be reviewing this Sunday's It Takes You Away, and I think we'll do that, mate, for 2.11. Okay. 
you, thank you, thank you for sticking with us for 211 and listening to our waffle and chat and all the stuff that goes with it. Uh, we had some pretty cool merch. I think unanimously these new Blu-ray box sets are doing the business. So can't wait for that one. Can't wait. Love Should it. Be good. Should be good. Yeah. Uh, but before that, let's not uh, wish away season 19 that's going to be out hopefully in the next couple of weeks that should be awesome <laughs> just oh. got oh just visions of by the time they all get them out we're just two skeletons at the either end of the <laughs> of the collection oh, yes. and a doctor wearing a scarf which is original doctor who mm-hmm. the doctor wearing a scarf anyway thank you for listening <laughs> I'm off to watch the horns of Nymon now. <laughs> How many Nymons have you seen How many today? Ni- you meddlesome hussy. <laughs> How many Nymons? <laughs> Head over to our website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our episodes on there, plus there's buttons to link off to all of the social stuff. Um, we're on all of those, Twitter, Facebook, Insta, all of that stuff. Give us a like and a follow. We chat lots of who during the week. And also our website is crammed full of really cool articles from our guest writers. So have a look on there and get stuck in some really cool stuff. Also subscribe to the podcast itself. We're on all the podcast networks, the biggest one being iTunes, of course. Um, and we've recently um, sorted out our issues with Spotify as well. There was a few weeks where our show was a bit up and down, but it's all resolved now. So regardless of where you want to listen we're on all the big ones iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Google Music all that stuff just do a search for Big Blue Box and give us a sub and you'll never miss a show when it goes out every Friday also go and check out Adam's channel on YouTube The Geek's Handbag yeah I've got some new vids on the way finally awesome yeah. awesome. yeah got a nice little unboxing coming ah nice one and a review of K9 talking of unboxings and reviews just go and check out Adam's channels there's so many really cool stuff loads to get your teeth into and you're also on all the socials under the same name the Geek's Handbag that's it just give them a like and a sub and all that jazz go and find and me get involved so all the times that we review stuff from our listeners it's all on there mm. go and check it out until next time my name's Gary my name's Adam and remember eh- eh-